Hello, my friends. Mother's Day is almost here. Mother's Day. You know what that means? Got to buy that lady some flowers. You came out of her vagina. You know the rules. You know the rules, you fucks. Especially, and if you have a wife and your your favorite little people came out of her vagina, you got to buy flowers from more than one mom. But look on the bright side. If you have a wife and uh, you have children, you're a motherfucker. So there you go. <laughs> 1-800-Flowers.com. Go there right now and send both of those people, both, both of those people, a beautiful rose bouquet that they'll love. 1-800-Flowers.com is the official florist for Mother's Day. Guaranteed to make her smile. Hmm. Ah. Available only through tomorrow, Thursday, May 7th. 1-800-Flowers.com has a special Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. You're not my listeners. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I owe you. I'm not a creep. 24 beautiful multicolored roses for just $29.99. That is a full bouquet of two dozen stunning roses. It's an excellent offer. Regularly 50 bucks. Now only $29.99. That is a $20 savings. Ooh. Sending these roses to the important moms in your life will show them how much you mean to them. Or may they mean to you. You know, that's one of those things, man. Even if you're like, uh, man, why do I about to buy flowers? Don't fight it. It's like girls who don't want to wear makeup. Just wear it. Seriously. I don't even like wearing heels. Just wear them. Stop trying to buck the system. Yeah, it's goofy. The world's goofy. There's a lot of goofy shit out there, but just, just go with it. They're trying to turn people into conformists. Order today, you fucks. This offer is available only while supplies last. And if you miss this deadline, you could still get my other great Mother's Day offers from 1-800-Flowers. Just hurry to get this bouquet, this bouquet of 24 beautiful multicolored roses for just $29.99. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com. That's 1-800-Flowers.com from your desktop or mobile device. Click on the radio microphone in the upper right-hand corner and enter in J-R-E. That's 1-800-Flowers.com and enter J-R-E or call 1-800-Flowers and mention J-R-E. We're also brought to you by LegalZoom. LegalZoom is a fantastic way to deal with all sorts of legal issues conveniently from the comfort of your own home or office without ever having to go and get in your car, make an appointment first, drive down to a lawyer's office, pay them an exorbitant amount of money. You know the fucking drill. It's a nightmare. Everybody hates it. You feel ripped off. You know why? Because you are. Kind of. I mean, it's not like your lawyer's ripping you off. Those are standard fees. But the bottom line is you can get away with not paying those fees, with making it far cheaper with LegalZoom. If you go to LegalZoom.com, you will be one of those people that there's millions, millions of people have used LegalZoom. They get an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. You can take control of your family's future with a last will or living trust. You can get legal help for your businesses by incorporating or forming an LLC. You can't go wrong with LegalZoom. It's really, it's easy to use, it's super convenient, and they will connect you with an independent attorney if you fucking panic. Just call or visit LegalZoom.com. They'll provide you with the personal attention you need and take care of all of the details. Plus, you'll save even more by using the referral code ROGAN at checkout. LegalZoom is not a law firm. Advice is provided through independent professionals. Huzzah! 
We're also brought to you by NatureBox. I'm a fucking NatureBox addict, ladies and gentlemen. It is my favorite snack to have around my house. I love it. There's a lot, a large variety, over a hundred healthy and crave-worthy options to be delivered right to your door. When I go to my mailbox and I get that fucking box of nature, I get excited. They're yummy, man. They're really good. And when it comes to snack foods, Anybody who works in an office knows that you know you don't have a lot of options unless you can leave the office and go to a store or bring something with you. You don't have a lot of options, you know. The stuff that you get in those fucking vending machines is usually dog shit. With NatureBox, you can get NatureBox sent directly to your office or directly to your home. All their snacks are made with zero artificial flavors, zero artificial colors, zero artificial sweeteners, zero grams trans fats, and no high fructose corn syrup. And they taste fucking fantastic. I'm a big fan. No bullshit. Peanut butter nom noms. Uh, Sriracha cashews. There's blueberry almonds. Oh, there's so much good stuff. I, I just really can't say enough about them. Really good. And uh, you feel like way less guilty. Uh, oh, Big Al- Big Island Pineapple. Ooh, my favorite. I go through those bitches. When, when I have them delivered to, for the studio, and I have them delivered at home. And when I have them delivered at home, I, gotta, I hide them from my kids. I don't let my kids find the yummy stuff. I eat the, like the... The peanut butter nom noms, those are the ones I get too quick. Those little fuckers, they devour those. Gotta, they won't eat the sriracha cashews, though, because it's too hot for their little baby tongues. <laughs> Fucking babies. <laughs> right now, if you go to naturebox.com forward slash Rogan, you can get a free trial. A free trial of their favorite snacks. Free snacks delivered to your door. What are you waiting for, you fucks? Go to naturebox.com forward slash Rogan to try your free trial today. And last but not least, we are always brought to you by Onnit.com. At Onnit, we describe ourselves as a total human optimization website. And I say ourselves because this is the one podcast sponsor that I am actually uh, a business partner in. I own a piece. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of this company as well. Even if I didn't have anything to do with them business-wise other than them being a sponsor, I would be a huge fan of Onnit. I love everything that Onnit is trying to do because everything that Onnit is trying to do is all what Aubrey and myself have carefully decided over a long period of time to, to sort of plot for and to try to plan out and to try to try to make a company that acts ethically, try to make a company that features the very best products that we can find at the very best prices that we can afford to deliver them at. We don't have like we don't have anybody telling us what to do. So what we can do with on it that you can't do with a lot of other companies is just what do we find that's good? Let's fucking let's start selling that. And we also have a lot of shit at on it that we're not selling. Here's a big thing, the Onnit Academy, the link at onnit.com. If you click on that Onnit Academy link, it is constantly being refilled and restocked with interesting articles. There's a great article on caffeine, uh, caffeine, my precious. There's a great article right now on the effects of weed on exercise. There's a lot of motivational stuff. Uh, six principles to achieve a workout plan mastery. There's the section of the Onnit Academy called Mindset. If you click on that Mindset, no one's trying to get any money from you there. It's just all shit that is designed to inspire you, shit that, that's designed to fire your brain up and just get you motivated. That's what life is all about. We should be motivating each other 
and we should all try to uh, achieve what we call human optimization. You're, you're never going to be in a perfect state. There is no perfect state. I mean, you might achieve them for very brief periods of time, but really what we're all trying for is to get the most out of life. We're all trying to get the most out of life with, with our diets, with being healthy, with the way we feel, with the people that we surround ourselves with. And at Onnit, we're, we're, we're trying to facilitate that. We're trying to facilitate that with, with diet plans, with workout plans, and with all the shit that we sell, like the strength and conditioning equipment, kettlebells. I'm a huge fan of kettlebells. Kettlebells are full body exercises, big compound movements like clean, press, squats, things along those lines. Lots of different workout and fitness DVDs we sell as well, as well as free workouts that you can get from on it. Uh, maces, steel maces, a fantastic way to work your forearms, your core, your shoulders, battle ropes, a fantastic way to work on the endurance of your arms, steel clubs. I'm a big fan of all these functional strength exercises. And that's one of the things that we concentrate on when we, when we're, we're talking about strength and conditioning equipment and on it as well as foods and supplements all of our supplements have a 100% money back guarantee you don't have to return the product things like alpha brain which is a cognitive enhancing supplement read up on all that shit at onnit.com there's a research tab click on it and you can find all of the information along with references uh, and studies all the different studies that were done uh, on not just uh, the individual ingredients but alpha brain as a whole uh, two double-blind placebo-controlled studies, a, a pilot study of 20 people and then a, a much larger one with over 60 people, both with positive results. And it, it's all explained at onnit.com. All right, I talk too much. O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word ROGAN and you will save 10% off any and all supplements. You motherfuckers. All right, that didn't take too long. Uh, maybe it did for you. Okay, anyway. My guest today is uh, a young man named Brad Williams. He is a very funny stand-up comedian, um, uh, and he has a special coming out May 8th on Showtime. What is it called again? Fun Size. Size. He uh, is a dwarf. Um, I just think of him as a cool motherfucker, but I guess you have to just, you have to qualify that that is his issue physically. Uh, I'm short as fuck too. I'm only 5'8". But taller than him. All right. He's a great guy. He's a hilarious stand-up comedian and uh, a very intelligent dude. I really enjoyed talking to him. So give it up for my friend, Mr. Brad Williams. Joe Rogan Podcast. Check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day. Joe Rogan Podcast by night. All day. Okay, we're live. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Brad Williams, ladies and gentlemen. What the fuck? Yeah, a, a uh, meeting. If, if you told me six, seven years ago that I was going to be on the Joe Rogan podcast or the Joe Rogan show, I, w- I would have told you no way in hell. Well, it didn't exist. So well, you're right. You'd have to like <laughs> go to Colorado. You'd have to find me. You'd have to, you'd have to go, dude. I got an idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's this thing called podcasting. You're gonna love it. Yeah, but there's no way uh, I would have thought I would be doing this either six, seven years ago. So sure. we're in the same boat. Love it, man. There you go, man. Yeah, and uh, and, and now did you like we we were talking the Pacquiao Mayweather fight before before we came on air? Uh, did you actually watch it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I watched it. And as a fight guy, what uh, what were your thoughts on it? I'm sure you've covered this already, so I'm sorry if you're going to make yeah, you repeat things. I, you know, I'm not in the minority. I actually enjoyed it. I really? En- yeah, I enjoyed it from like a, a technical standpoint and like two guys who are the best in the world mm-hmm. trying to figure each other out. Yeah. 
And now, do you think that as a guy that knows the fight game, you can respect defense more than your average fight fan? Well, definitely more than my wife. Oh my <laughs> god, she was saying some retarded shit. She was she was saying you should have to get knocked down in order to win. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, that that way it would at least be exciting. So like, make them go for so it. So like, like, guaranteed concussion. <laughs> so like. Hearing shit like that, like she's so ridiculous. It's like hearing shit, like some people, like I kind of get it. She's not a fight fan, sure. she, like so for her watching it is just boring as fuck. It's just right. two dudes not hitting each other, and then when one dude gets close, the other dude grabs him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like uh, I I love watching hockey on TV. That's like my favorite sport to watch on TV, and hockey is notoriously awful. Right on TV, and people hate it on TV. I love it because I played for like five years when I was a kid. So like I recognize that they're setting up plays. I right. recognize strategies and stuff like that. So when I'm trying to explain to people, they're just like, "This is stupid. They're not scoring. I can't follow the puck." And I'm trying to like I'm trying to tell them the ins and outs of it. And I'm I'm sure the fight game is like that for you. Do they still have that thing where they follow the puck like with a circle? Or did oh, they try that no, for a while? They tried they... that on Fox. It was like and it turned slap shots into a comet. Like like it, it just had this like red trail behind it. Really? Yeah. And like it was it, it, it was supposed to get like the casual fan into it, but it's like no one is gonna hate hockey and then see a comet trail on the puck and go, "Well, now I'm in. <laughs> I got this now." Well, they've done some weird shit like that with football, right? With yeah. graphics and well, the, well, the amazing part is that I was a huge fan of the XFL. If, if people remember the XFL, yeah. that was uh, Vince, Vince McMahon's McMahon. thing, and then a lot of the stuff that they did are is now being implemented into the NFL. Like what kind of stuff? Like the overhead camera. That is like on strings and that follows the game from the top. That was XFL. Oh. Uh, that uh, that was XFL before uh, trying to make. Uh, I mean, they tried to make kickoffs more exciting until like all the concussion stuff came, uh, came out. But yeah, like there's a, a few things and certainly making it more. Vince at least recognized that it would be more fun if there was like complex storylines and like you 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 knew like the soap opera of it right. much like he did for wrestling so now you see the NFL and it's the world's greatest reality show like they like they follow the guys off the field and like they get into their lives and now it's what the XFL was where like they're trying to build up rivalries and you know what players actually don't like each other and who slept with whose wife and things like that you know the problem with getting into the NFL's life like getting into the player's life is like you're trying to pretend that these guys are not these savage gladiators who yeah. are just smashing people every day yeah and you want them like off field to be like these sweeties who are like baking <laughs> pies and hugging their kids no it's like <clears throat> you don't get a guy like Ray Lewis yeah Without him, like, <laughs> did you see the video of him pleading to the people of Baltimore going, no. violence is not the answer. That's and he's my like, whole life, dude. He's so intense. <laughs> he's like, yeah, okay, so if violence isn't the answer, move out of your mansion because yeah. that's what built that yeah. mansion was that's violence. people know who you are. Yeah. You're super violent. <laughs> that, yeah. That's like, that's like you and me saying, like, don't tell jokes. Yeah. Stop it. Wasn't he on trial for murder? I mean, that's pretty yes. violent. But he didn't really do it. It was like one of his entourage. He was an or alleged. Accessory. accessory to murder was kind of it was kind of like the Snoop Dogg thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Either way, he's a football player. <laughs> like, like when you see like these fighters or these football players, and mm -hmm. you see them doing ridiculous shit, and people get all surprised. It's right. like 
you can't ask them to be anything other than what they really are. Exactly. And if you want that result, you want right. that Ray Rice result, you're going to get a Ray Rice. <laughs> you're going to get that happening. That's which which, which you is get. Yeah, which is not saying we condone it, no. but, it, but it's, it's just saying don't be surprised when it happens. Well, you can't all of a sudden in 2015 start putting cameras on these guys and right. following them around and expecting them to have exemplary behavior. Yes. What they're good at is when the fucking play starts, they're good at getting shit done. Right. You know, and the, the way you do that is through violence, explosive <laughs> athleticism, yeah. smashing into things, fucking diving through mounds of enormous steroided up dudes. Yeah, and then with so much testosterone boiling over, and then when Richard Sherman gives an interview la last year or two or two years ago, when he's like, why do I think Crabtree can be put on me? Crabtree's a punk. Then they, right. they, then they start getting mad at him. Like, yeah. what? How how dare you talk to Aaron Andrews like that? A, a, a petite white woman, and mm, you're just getting dangerous. angry. Why are you so angry? Because he just played football for an hour. That's why he's angry, and that's why he's good at what he does. Yeah, the idea that you wanted him to take it from ten all the way down to one again, like, right? Uh, and then just like come off like he's an Oscar Wilde play. Like, well, as we're on the field of battle, may I, might I tell you, it was quite an interesting route that one. No, yeah. it's not going to happen. Those, those guys, those guys are going to be too intense. It's not fair. I mean, well, it's everybody wants everything sanitized. I mean, we right. want to make we want the purity of the sport, but mm -hmm. then we also want it to be fan friendly. We also want it to be easily absorbed by the right. casual person who's watching it. Yeah, and you know this because you've had to interview guys. Right after they fight, yeah, they're At, fired up. After they've just been punched in the face, and they, or and that's literally the most testosterone probably that can run through your body in a three minute period yeah. of just like getting revved up, and then you, and then Joe Rogan comes in and puts a microphone and uh, explain what happened out there, and then you like they expect these guys to uh, get like a complex thing. People wonder why athletes they get mad that they always have those textbook answers like mm -hmm. one game at a time I, I was just doing a, a play play at a time we're gonna go back and we're gonna examine they have those scripted answers so they don't have to think mm -hmm. about giving those answers because they can't in those moments well, not only that a lot of people are just not that good talking on camera like that's something you got to get right. relaxed at we forget because we talk for a living yeah. And like that's what our normal is. Our normal is talking in front of a bunch of strangers and being funny on a moment's notice, whether it be in an interview or a radio show or a podcast, whatever, just hey, flip the switch, go. Right. The average person does not do that. Like when they have an actor give a speech at an award show and it's like something crazy happens and they have to be spontaneous, it's like, no, they're actors. Yeah. A lot of times they can't do that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them can. And some of them can. Like, one of the best Absolutely. interviews ever was Mickey Rourke when he won some, like, Golden Globe or one of those fucking, mm -hmm. whatever the name of the, I think all awards are stupid. I don't pay attention <laughs> to any of that shit. You, awards you, fa art. you faked it better than this faker. But, I mean, you know, people do great performances. Absolutely. But, but his, uh, he did this amazing speech where he was just so loose and relaxed and mm -hmm. he was talking all kinds of crazy shit. It was, like, one of the best speeches ever. And it was it was fun because he seemed like real comfortable in his own skin, you yeah. know, despite all the craziness that that guy's been through. And yeah, yeah, that, it, it, it's always and that can go either way. Like people either freak out with the honesty of that person, or the, or, or it's really refreshing. Uh, is, 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 is yeah, this, the one right this here? is it. It was a spirit was award. A spirit award. That's what it was. I mean, it was really what's really crazy too is like you see him in this video. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll play a little bit of it. And then you see him now. Like, now he looks like an old gypsy woman. He's gone crazy <laughs> and doctored his face up. And there's actually an image that says gypsy, uh, Mickey Rourke, old gypsy woman. And that's exactly what he looks like. Listen to some of this. Thank you all very much. <laughs> like, look, he's so happy. Yeah. I just want to say one thing about Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is probably the best actor I ever worked with. And I don't, I don't know why... In the last 15 years, ain't nobody give him a chance to show his shit again because whatever he did 15, 20 years ago should be forgiven. And I wish there was... No, I'm, I'm goddamn serious about that. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Love it. That's just one part of it. He gets loose. Like yeah. I have, I, he did, like, I, like I got, he deserves a second chance. And I wish there'd be one goddamn filmmaker in this room that would... We'll let him fly because the man, he, he is something else. Thank you, Eric. Uh, okay, that's enough on Eric. <laughs> Eric will probably be arrested by the end of the day, but... <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and that little blonde dude that did that thing, I'm going to beat your ass when I get out of here. Uh, but you're right, he's very loose. He's yeah. just like, whatever. Nice to be presented... But- but it gets, it gets better. Like, he gets... Three, I don't know what you do, honey, but these two are really good. <laughs> these two are really good. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I, I've just gotten thousands of letters and shit from my, my uh, people, strangers, and people that know me about, about my dog that died six days ago. Loki. Loki. This is what people who don't have kids do. Uh, they get all torn you, up baby. about their dogs. <laughs> right. Uh, and I just got done talking to the Santa Monica Police Department. They gave me a bed to sleep in 10 years ago. And uh, I thanked them for, I asked them for two pillows. They told me to fuck off. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's like this kind of a speech. For, yeah. For believing in me. This is right uh, uh, after he did The Wrestler. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Which, damn, that was a good movie. I, I told people in the past, directors like Darren Aronofsky come around every 25 years. The same way, like Chimino Coppola and Parker, Adrian Lyon, all the rest of them. And I said 25 years, and he whispered in my ear, 30. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the only thing I want to say to any young actor or any actor that gets an opportunity to work with Darren, you better be in shape because he will break you down. He is one tough son of a bitch, and he don't like it when I say that because he goes, Mickey, you'll scare all the other actors away from me. But Darren, you know what? If they ain't got the balls to bring it, then fuck them, you know? Anyway... <laughs> I want to thank... Uh, I love this guy. Yeah, but now, okay, so go from there and look at I the image of him Fox now. Church. Pull up uh, Mickey Rourke, old gypsy woman. <laughs> just, 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 just Google Mickey Rourke, old gypsy woman. I would just always wonder, like, what the fuck happens to dudes or women or, you know, like that, that gal, um, what the fuck's her name? Renee Zellweger. Right. That's not even it. No. No, there's that one right oh, there. Geez. Yeah, this one. Look at that. What's wow. go- what? what is that? She, uh, I, I, I said she. <laughs> I said she on instinct. <laughs> I just looked because, like, he, he looks like his name should be Mildred right there. Like, just it's that old like <laughs> everything's crazy about that. The wig is crazy. The yeah. face is crazy. Yeah. It's like poor bastard. Like, yeah, it, pull, uh, pull it back so you can see his hair. That's he's wearing this crazy hair piece mm-hmm. thing. 
And and is he trying to look like or, or an old gypsy know. woman, or is that just him? No, that's he was at the fights. That was oh he was at God. the UFC, and he was upset at one of the decisions, and that was the face that he made. But <laughs> he's done something to his lips, apparently. You're he's, right. He he looks like the character from the Stephen King movie, uh, Thinner. That <laughs> <laughs> gypsy woman that like rubbed her hand on the face, like Thinner. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's her. Wow. So, well, I mean, him and uh, Bruce Jenner could hang out and just talk shit. I don't think he's trying to be a woman, though. I think <laughs> no, he's, he's just not. going crazy. I, I mean, that's what do you, you do. You think like that's what this business does to people that as they age, like rather be Renee Zellweger or uh, Mickey Rourke, or now there's some pictures out there. I think of I think it's Uma Thurman, where it's like Uma Thurman's gotten I, plastic surgery. I, I, too? I think they did some plastic surgery. I think she did some plastic surgery mm. to her, and mm. it's just something where you're built up as like a sort of either a sex symbol or whatever for so long and then it just goes it, it starts to fade away and does that fuck with your head yeah i mean uh, i would imagine i mean someone described beauty as a short-lived tyranny you wow. know and i think beauty is like a really hard one because some women they go from being unbelievably desirable and yeah. then through no fault of their own just, just to father time natural aging they become monsters yeah, yeah. whoa What's yeah. going on there? Yeah. What did she do? Uh, she pulled, oh my god! Yeah, what did she, she do? She pulled some stuff back. <laughs> she doesn't look like her. No, she uh, she uh, she looks like she's a character from that new movie, uh, uh, Ex Machina. Whoa, that is weird, man. <laughs> right? So That's it, weird. And did she? What did she do? I'm trying to figure out what she did. Maybe is that just her, the, her wearing no makeup except for lipstick? I have I have no idea. I'm not. I believe it or not, I'm not a plastic surgeon. Well, I feel <laughs> I like if you added like, see, like one of them has all this lips, all this eye makeup on, mm -hmm. and the other one doesn't. That's a big thing with gals. Like, you ever seen uh, a woman who doesn't have eye makeup on? You always see her with eye makeup on, and then one day you don't. You're like, who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Oh, you're a fucking different human. The uh, Huffington Post, and you might want to porn stars. Yeah. Yeah. The, the porn stars without makeup thing. Yeah. That blew my mind. That's a trip. Because then you see these girls without makeup, like mm -hmm. with the makeup on, they are goddesses. And you just see them on the screen. You're like, holy shit. That's like the ideal. And then you see them without the makeup. You're like, oh, I know eight girls from Riverside that look just like that. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. You could do some amazing shit with makeup if you're a chick. Yeah. Well, he, like there's uh, there's also a story about a dude. He's a makeup artist. He like he's a, he's I think he's a black guy. And he showed that with makeup, he could look like Kim Kardashian. And, and and he put makeup on his face, and at the end of it, you're like, yeah, that. Let me grant it looks like a Madame Tussauds like wax museum, Kim Kardashian. But it, that's you look like that, like you created that, and then he, he his face without it is not like that at all. Obviously, yeah. It's, well, looks are a weird thing, right? It's like you didn't ask for it, you didn't work no, for it, no, and just boom. That like in it, it, it's that old debate. Would would you rather? have all the looks and then slowly lose them or would you rather be like uh jason alexander that looks the exact same as he did 30 years ago but he's going crazy too he's wearing a toupee now jason, he? yeah jason alexander put a toupee on it's like he, he's like a walking episode of seinfeld because <laughs> yeah. seinfeld there was an episode of seinfeld where mm -hmm. he wore a toupee and it was yeah. like it, it was it was really awkward. It was really yeah. obvious, and now he's kind of trying to do it. I mean, I don't blame guys to that do the, the 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 plugs or anything like that. I don't blame them. Hell, uh, uh, Wayne Rooney, the uh, so, the uh, 
soccer player did it, and everyone knew that he had plugs, and he's like, I don't care. I, I care now. I, I did it. But you know what happens, man? Mm-hmm. First of all, you get a scar in the back of your head, so I have okay. like a permanent smile on the back of my head. <laughs> and then second of all, if the rest of your hair falls out. The way I described it is like taking healthy people and moving yeah. them into a neighborhood where everyone's dying. <laughs> this, the other hair falls out. It's like, right. it's, it's just, they and haven't then, figured it out yet. Like well, It's well, like it, lips. Like when yeah. girls get their lips done, you don't want to be an early adopter of that. You don't want someone fucking with your face permanently. Yeah, this is the, uh, I think, uh, is it the Bill Burr bit? What is that? Bill, uh, Bill Burr has a great bit about this where he's like, yeah, just wait until they till they fucking fix it. Like, wait wait until they get it right. Like, yeah. the, like the people that are going into plastic surgery right now. Like, uh, wait. They're, yeah, it, but they can't wait because they're oh. 50 and they're like, fuck, you know, I just want to look <laughs> 37, you know? It's like, the, you know what? There's people, like... Some doctors nail it, though. That's, that's the, the other problem is some doctors can do a really mm-hmm. good job of making you look a little bit better. It's those guys that go crazy. Yeah. It's also like... A girl like Uma Thurman, I mean, how much shopping around does she do for a plastic surgeon? If she even got plastic surgery. Right. Or the other one, uh, Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Do they just go with someone they, they could trust? Like, do they know? Do they ask around? Yeah. I, I mean, and, and that's the thing is we talk about all the ones that went wrong mm. because the ones that went right, we don't know. There's we're, we're just like, oh, they look great. A ton that went right, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know who, but like... Christy Britton, well, she says she never had anything done. She's like 61 or something like that. She's still hot as fuck. Yeah, that I don't know what that is. Or like it, Genetics, it, hard uh, work, Yeah, you, you see, you see uh, Sophia Loren, e, uh-huh. e, e, even when she was 60, 65, you're like, yeah, well done. Good yeah. for you. She, well, who is the other one? Raquel Welsh. She's Ra- like yeah. deep, deep into her 70s. And she's still hot as fuck. Yeah. Weird. It, it, it's just it's the, the, just the genetic lottery, I, I guess, or, li, or totally like, that. Like you know, because hey, uh, some people are are born and they've got like the natural like Bo, like Bo Jackson, where where they say like just natural athlete, like God given talent. Uh, Herschel Walker just did push ups and sit ups his entire damn life, supposedly. Yeah, and then, I'm not sure I buy that because he also said that he only eats like a salad and soup. The whole day. Whole day. Which doesn't even make any sense. And he also has multiple personality disorder, trauma-induced multiple personality disorder. Wow. So so who who knows which Herschel is is, uh, Yeah, one Herschel might be doing roids and squats. (laughs) Well, you mean, if anybody can talk about genetic lottery, it's you, right? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean... For people who don't know, people aren't listening to this. Or a lot of people are just listening to this. Yeah. You know... Explain. Uh, I am a, a chondroplastic dwarf, and that's the type of dwarfism that I have. What does that mean? Because uh, there's over 100 types of dwarfism. Whoa. Yeah, well, because it's a genetic mutation. So you have slight differences in how in how the gene uh, changes. So there are literally some dwarves out there, some little people that... It's only like one of three people in the entire world that have that specific type of dwarfism. One of three in the whole world? Well, yeah. What are the differentiations? Well, like, okay, for me... Uh, achondroplasia is what I have. It's the most common type of dwarfism. Um, mine is characterized by small arms, small legs, prominent buttocks. I love that one. Uh, <laughs> pro- prominent buttocks, enlarged forehead, uh, collapsed nose bridge, uh, average size torso. So, like, when we're sitting down, 
we're making eye contact right now. Right. Yeah, but I'm four foot four. You're six. What? Five eight. You're, yeah, you're five, you're five eight. So yeah, and, but there's some there's some dwarves that have a completely different body type. Like like uh, Vern Troyer, who played Mini Me in the Austin Powers movies. He's got dwarfism, but it's a completely different type of dwarfism. When that guy was on that celebrity, what was that show? Uh, oh, uh, Surreal Life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was so sad. Uh, I I do a perfect impression of of, of him drunk when he's uh when he's uh pissing in the corner. He made a noise. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. That guy seemed like he was drinking himself to death. You would think. I mean, hey, he's still ticking, man. Wow, that's amazing that he's still alive. It's it's hardcore for a guy like that, too, because he goes and he gets this big movie. Mm-hmm. He becomes a celebrity, like, almost instantaneously. Yeah. And then after that, it kind of dries up. Yeah. And, you know, no one wants to see him hump a laser anymore. So yeah. now what you got? And it's weird because I, I saw that and when I was trying to enter show business. That, that's one of the reasons why I, I love being a stand-up comic because – no matter what, I could always go on stage and talk in front of an audience and be, and be funny. I yeah. do that. Like, and there's only a few amount of people that can actually do that. So as long as I got that skill, I'm good. I don't have to wait until a producer says, yes, I'll put you in a movie. Yes, I'll put you in a TV show. Whatever. Well, to answer your earlier question, I think that's what makes people go crazy out here. Like, mm-hmm. does the business do it to them? What goes crazy is that they, they, they're they not in control of their own destiny. Yeah. So if they do have any sort of success whatsoever, if anything does take off for them, it's like, they're like, oh, it's it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. It's like, it's all out of their control. Right. You, and, you audition for things. Yep. You get the job. You're on the set. It's like, when is this going away? And you got to cultivate yeah. your career. So they have to be very careful about the things that they say. And, yeah. That, absolutely. So yeah, I mean that's it's one of the reasons like 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 I said, I love being a comic. Cause I no matter no, ma- no matter what, I always have that. If because mm. yeah, I've had I've had a ton of auditions for TV shows that I haven't gotten. Thanks, Peter Dinklage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucker. Well, that guy has changed the game. <laughs> he's amazing. He's and, changed the game. Yeah. He's so fucking good. He's the he's the main guy yeah. on that show. He's the dude. And it's the biggest movie ever, or the yeah. biggest show, rather, ever. Yeah. I mean, that show is one of the most impactful shows ever, and a dwarf is really the big guy. And I love that, and... The fact that yeah, they talk about like him being a dwarf in, in the show, but it's not the focus. I love that it's just like they he talk bounces about it, it off, man. Yeah. What's what's beautiful about what he does and his character and that show mm-hmm. is he utilizes it to his advantage, and he he lets people underestimate him because Absolutely. of it. Yeah, and uh, Lord Lord knows that's uh, that's true for anyone that has dwarfism. Like we're not uh, like. No one thinks that we can do certain things, or or they're just not sure. Like mm. like hell, when I played hockey when I was a kid, th- like the coaches on the other team would tell their players, "All right, don't hit Brad. We don't know what's gonna happen." Wow. <laughs> like I don't know if they thought like they they would hit me and I would just like explode into candy or something like that. But <laughs> they're they like, "Don't hit him. We don't know. He could summon a spell." Like That's funny. like I I don't know what they thought. But uh, yeah, like uh, like people uh, people underestimate. Hell, the first time I ever went on stage, I got on stage because. Uh, be, because a, a guy was just like, "Well, you're a dwarf. That's that's funny enough." And then I went on stage and started telling jokes. And he's like, "Oh, shit! 
you, you, you actually have jokes. You're actually prepared for this. Yeah, awesome. When did you? What was your first uh, time on stage? How long have you been doing it? I've been doing it uh, twelve twelve years. Uh, and I've told this story on a couple radio shows, podcasts before, but uh, it, I'll tell it just because it's a very interesting tie-in with you. Is uh, I was in the audience of a uh, Carlos Mencia show, and he's on stage making midget jokes. Half the audience is laughing. Half the audience that's sitting by me is just like... Mm, 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 like just kind of pointing over like... Mm, mm. And he notices that, and he looks over, and he goes, why, why aren't you guys laughing? And he actually said the sentence, what, is one of them here? And I just raised my hand. I was like, what's up, dude? And uh, he, he didn't even flinch. He called me up on stage. He's like, holy shit, I got to talk to you. And I'd never done stand-up at that point. And uh, I walk on stage. He started asking me questions, and the answers I gave got laughs. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, wow, this is what I have to do for a living. Wow, so Carlos Mencia did do something good in this world. Hey! One good thing happened. That's <laughs> that, amazing. That, yeah, that's why, that's why I said <laughs> at the very beginning, like if you told me six years ago that, that I'd be sitting with that's you. That's funny. I'd be like, no way in hell, because there was a time, and I, I talked about this with uh, Red Band on my podcast when he, when he came on. There was a time I hated you guys. I absolutely hated you. And I had never met you guys before. <laughs> but, it, you know, it was like teams. You know what I mean? It was like, this guy's trying to take on my boss and my friend. What's up, fucker? Well, you know? I get it. Sure. I get it. He was helping you. Yeah. I get it. But you had to know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, I mean, everybody knew. There's, I mean, but the things that he would do for me, I can never repay the man enough. Because he literally took me from being... Nothing like an open micer, because uh, what because what happened was is I got bit by the bug. Uh, I started doing stand up. About a year and a half later, I showed up to one of his shows, um, and he uh, and he he recognized me, and he said like, "Dude, you're the guy. Did you start doing stand up?" And I said, "Yeah, I've been doing it about a year." He goes, "Okay, well let's uh, let's get you up on stage. Let's let's have you open up my show tonight. Let's see let's see what you got." And that's whole, like, I put you up there because you're a dwarf. I think that's funny. But then, mm -hmm. holy shit, you got jokes. And when I came off stage after doing about five minutes, he goes, wow, um, do you want to be my new opening act? Like, right then and there. Wow. And I was, a, I was a junior in college. I was going to USC. I had a year to go to graduate. And uh, I dropped out. I, dro <laughs> I dropped out to be his opening act. And I was his opening act for four, for four, four years. That's, first of all, way better job security if you're funny than ever. Whatever fucking career you're going to yeah. put together. Well, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and, that, and people tell me, they're like, oh, but you were going to college. Like, what were you studying? Stop. I was a communications major. Yeah. So calm down. I wasn't curing cancer. Even if you were a doctor, you know how hard doctors have to work? Unless yeah. you're like obsessed with being a neurosurgeon or something right, crazy right, like right, that. Right, right. Fuck that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that other people do it. <laughs> so, so, so dumbasses like me don't have to. Well, you know, a guy like Carlos, even people that do bad things, like people that have bad ethics they're not always bad no you know that's there's there's a lot of gray in this world and that's that's the reality of yeah. life and he took me on the road and when we and when we were on the road he would pay for all my travel he would uh pay for all my meals if if we were ever going shopping he'd say hey whatever you're getting throw it on my pile i'm good like he took great care of me and it, it's funny because i mean like I, I i still consider him a damn good friend uh but now i'm friends with you like i'm friends with burt kreischer I'm friends with Jay Moore. Like, I'm friends with all these guys. 
like, you're I a fence rider, Brad Williams. Yes, I, like, I, I, I don't pick a side. Whatever. That's good, man. You don't I'm have good. to. You no. don't have to. I have friends that hate other friends. Sure. I, I, you know, I've I have a lot of uh, acquaintances like that. Yeah, and 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 if the people that can't deal with that, they're babies. You know, if you really yeah. need all your friends to be on your team, like no. grow the fuck up. Yeah, some some people aren't gonna like each other. That's fine. And yeah. and if you have fans, and I'm sure you have fans that will never like me because of my association. That's not true. I mean, those those guys aren't really fans. Oh, okay. I mean, fucking punks. <laughs> but and, and I mean, that's fine. That's so that's okay. If, that's okay if you think that. The term but, fan is weird anyway, right? Right. I have I hate it. I hardly ever use it. It just seems odd. It seems like you're diminishing a person. It's like people that like you. That's what they are. There you, you go. Know, when you call someone a fan, it's like all of a sudden like there's a there's like a different tier. There's you and then there's them. There's you and then there's the fans. Right. You know? Right. It's weird. Yeah. There's just whenever you label things like that, like there's just people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of bands that I like. Well, I'm a fan of a lot of musicians and now I'm friends with them and it's weird. Right. You know? Yeah, and yeah. and like when I started doing comedy, that started happening a lot. Like mm. I was a fan of people, and then you know, like once you get past a certain level, and that level is pretty much just open micer. Once you get past that level, you meet like everyone is like if you're in New York or L.A., you yeah. run into everybody. Yeah. So now I'm friend like I'm friends with Dave Attell, which is weird because I love Dave Attell. Mm-hmm. He's so damn funny. And then I started talking to him and now like I get an email from him every now and then. It's like, holy shit, Dave Attell's emailing me. Yeah. But I can't have that moment. Like, I go, no, this is your friend Dave. This is not <coughs> Dave Attell, yeah. the uh, comedy god. I on... still get those. Yeah, they right? still have. I still get those when I talk to Anthony Bourdain. I'm like, oh, this is my friend. Hmm. How weird. <laughs> you know, Joe Perry was on the podcast, and every now and then Joe Perry texts me, and I'll show a friend. Like, yeah, fucking Joe, Joe Perry. Yeah, like Joe Perry's Friends texting Joe me Perry. right now. How odd. It, you know? Well, and and it's been said a million times, but I can't emphasize enough that it's true. The the people that you put on pedestals are still people. No mm-hmm. one is this being of all power that's higher levels like they're all people everyone is a person yeah Yeah. even the most brilliant people on earth are just people and one of the things that I've found is the most successful people the most interesting people Mm -hmm. people that I truly enjoy talking to um, they don't expect anything different. And as soon as someone yeah. does expect something different, then they stop being cool. Then right. I don't like them anymore. Yeah. I can't, I can't just talk to you. You're, you're, now you're fucking weird. Yeah, you know? now, now I have to make an appointment. Like, um, uh, I was at the Hollywood Improv, and uh, Paul McCartney was there. Yeah, and, I was there. Uh, I, I was there that night. He, he was there two different times. Really? Yeah. It, he loved, I guess for a while, he just loved coming to see comedy. And I got to talk to him very briefly, but still... But he had like a guy that kept trying to drag him away, and he kept looking at like, no, 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 it's all right, it's all right. Here, let me talk, let me talk. And like, who's the guy? Whoever his some fucking handler, like handler, whatever some the fuck, agent maggot. Yeah, it's just like Paul, we gotta go, we gotta go. And Paul told him no, and like took the time. And that's literally the most famous person on the planet. He's right up there, right? He's got to be top five. And, yeah, and he's taking time to be like, no, I'm gonna give this guy his moment. And I don't know if it's just because he's a great dude. Maybe he understands that I'm Paul McCartney, and if I talk to a guy, it's going to make his life. Uh, I think I, he's just a normal dude. When I watch yeah. him talking to people, he just seems like a guy who is a great artist, but mm-hmm. is just a human being. I mean, yeah. that's exactly what he seems like. Just a human being, man. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it, it's cool when you realize that. And you it's cool when you realize, oh, yeah, I can just talk to whoever. And, and 
when uh, people in show business or whatever athletes that you look up to, it, like I have fans that are musicians that I like, and you, you know, like now it's like, wait, they watch that? They watch? Yeah, of course they watch that TV show. They yeah. listen to that podcast. They consume entertainment just because. They're a human being. Well, that's also the cool thing about podcasts is that podcasts, these long form inter, um, long form conversations with no interruptions, they mm-hmm. they give you insight to a person. They, you, you, you're like, like there's a lot of people listening to this right now that mm-hmm. feel like they're sitting in here talking to us. Yeah, just hanging out because that's what we're doing. We're right. just we're just hanging out. Yeah, it's not that it, it's not that radio thing where it's like, all right, you have a four, you have a four minute break, mm-hmm. uh, and so you gotta so you're, you're like peppering your pretty much doing your act because you're just trying to get as many jokes in as possible yeah. so people come see you in wherever uh, comedy club you're playing. It's like, no, this is an actual conversation where you actually can dive into uh, how people tick and what yeah. people's thoughts are. And it's fantastic. also those four-minute breaks. They fuck with the flow. That's why I don't break right, up right my podcast going. ever with com- with commercials. Mm-hmm. I just do them in the beginning and the end. I don't... Yeah. I, and I get all these... Like really juicy offers to do them in the middle, and I'm like, it just fucks with the flow, man. Yeah. You can't just stop a conversation. Like, I'll do Adam Carolla's podcast. I love the dude, but mm-hmm. he'll be like, "Well, that's funny you say that, Brad, because uh, <laughs> real greats, man greats, you know, man great." Yeah, yeah, he'll just start talking. You're like, "Oh, are you doing an ad? Oh, he's reading now." Yeah, okay, all okay, right. So I guess we're not like, talking. Yeah, yeah and then you have to out. sort of build up this conversation. I think build back into it. It's yeah. also one of the reasons why I like doing these really long form conversations because. I always found when I'm talking to people when we're alone, when I'm, having, I'm having a really cool conversation with someone, it takes a while to sort of get cooking. And then mm-hmm. when it gets cooking, everybody sort of relaxes and settles in. Then you really kind of understand who that person is. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, now, uh, Red Band told me something when he was on the podcast, uh, when he was on my podcast, called about last night. What's up? Plug. Uh, that I that I wanted to ask you about. Because he said there was like a meeting at some point, or you brought something up. Uh, during the whole feud war thing, call it whatever you will, where you said let's <clears throat> let's steal Mencia's midget. No, <laughs> he's so retarded. That's so not true. He's that was a that was a, a a fucking sketch from the Man Show. Oh really? Yes, it was a sketch. He's so confused. His memory <laughs> sucks so bad. Darn that it. was. A, I was hoping there was a meeting. It was, it was actually like, Let's no. Steal we definitely midget. didn't have. A, we might have <laughs> joked around about it because it was during the same sort of time period. But mm-hmm. we did a uh, a sketch. Stanhope did on the Man Show okay. where he went out. Oh, look at the devil! There he, he is. Just came in at perfect time. We're yeah. just dissecting one of your bullshit stories. Oh no! What? <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a sketch for the Man Show. Okay. Um. Where Doug Stanhope was trying to steal the mm-hmm. Man Show midget, <laughs> yeah, from from those guys, from yeah. you know the guys, the the, the um, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel right. show, right, right, and, and it, was, uh, it was a brilliant, brilliant fucking bit. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, Doug did art. some. Yeah, Doug yeah, did art. some. I know him. Great shit on that, and that was one of them. Okay, and so I mean, maybe we said, you know, we should do that to Mencia's buddy Brad, <laughs> but we definitely didn't have a fucking meeting and okay. plan out stealing. What? <laughs> we didn't have a meeting. I didn't say it was a meeting. I just said it was. You said you said there was a conversation where you're like, let's steal, let's steal. Mencia's Dude, we get high. We talk <laughs> yeah. about would you blow a unicorn if you knew you could live yeah, forever? Absolutely. <laughs> well, we, we've had some pretty ridiculous well, I mean, conversations. First of all, the answer is yes, but yeah, <laughs> yeah if you we'll could live forever. On. But I don't know, man. You might not want want to live forever the more i as i get older i'm like who you know if you weren't alive 
you would mm-hmm. never expect life, right? Right. Because okay? you wouldn't have any expectations. You wouldn't be alive. Now mm-hmm. that you are alive, you wouldn't expect what happens after life. We're just guessing that it's nothing. Right. You know? And I'm not saying that it's a bunch of dudes in the clouds with a harp. But sure. it's very possible that whatever the fuck consciousness is, is not native only to this space right it's not it's not restricted only to this existence it's very possible that whatever you have whatever's going on when you dream whatever's going on when you take mushrooms whatever's going on when you die they might mm-hmm. be very similar things your your consciousness might be some sort of energy that moves on to some new plane of existence that might be way cooler than this yeah, monkey if, body that we're all trapped in. hell if they of. have a if the, the- <clears throat> if the theory holds true that there's an infinite number of universes who knows that you just don't hop to another universe and say all right there's your shot again go not, again no who, who knows that's not what happens every time you wake up it's very possible that every time you wake up you mm-hmm. are in a different existence oh you blow my mind you, already I, Joe I, had a, I had a crazy dream about that last night I had a crazy dream last night that was uh, I had DMT trip in my dream, which I've never had before. <coughs> now, excuse me, I've had DMT. Um, tre- DMT. I'm new to all this, but DMT trip during your dream—that's sort of meta, isn't it? Because isn't DMT kind of what makes you dream? Supposedly, or? that's okay. a lot all theory. Okay, but it's not. Well, you never dream a DMT trip. Like DMT trips are way more intense than a dream because you're getting you're flooding your brain with this chemical that's native to your brain, but. The idea being that when you're sleeping, there's times when you're in heavy REM sleep where you're not conscious where you do visit these same realms. But I've never remembered it before. Not like like last night. Like last night, I was in there, man. It was really, really, really intense and very strange. But it was uh, essentially, it was this, this dream was in some way telling me that this that that what we're doing here right now that don't get all crazy about this don't get crazy about this life don't get too fixated on it because it's really just one piece of mm-hmm. some sort of infinite mandala of existence and just the, like that was the the entire DMT trip in my dream was was relax relax it was like somehow or another coaxing or coaching rather me to to relax and to to understand that like all the stress and all the 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 weird shit that people have in their brain like the more you can like settle that in the more you can ah the more mm-hmm. you can exist in in like a, a real peaceful state where where this is like your real self <clears throat> you're just constantly being inundated with all these different ideas and stresses and different things that you're trying to accomplish and different things that you're concentrating on worrying about concerned about the, you know that you anticipate in the future but that all these things are bullshit and that was that was the dream last night it was very very strange huh wow did you were you on the uh, <clears throat> new mood was it the 5-HTP? No, the- <laughs> no, I didn't take anything. I just went to sleep. I mean, I took some Alpha Brain during the day. Uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I've been taking that ZMA again. I just got a new bottle of it. And that, that shit really does fuck with your dreams a lot. Because <clears throat> ever since I got that bottle, every night, I haven't had dreams until I got that. Uh, well, it's zinc. You know, zinc yeah. ups your testosterone. It uh, ups your sperm production. Probably has a lot to do with, uh, and then it probably helps you sleep too. I think it relaxes you. It helps you sleep. See, this is the stuff I know nothing about, so I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated by all by all this stuff. <clears throat> 
Like just how, and you're because you've done so many things in terms of other levels of consciousness and things of that nature. I've never even done mushrooms, what? so I'm like, mm. I'm, you should go to Shroom Fest. You should do Shroom Fest uh, with Ari Shafir in the desert. They do it every year. He's been trying to get me. Why to don't go. you go? I would. Lo- I would love to go. Like I've had. Why s- didn't you go? How come you haven't gone so far? I've had such bad experiences on drugs. That, what drugs? Uh, just weed. Ooh, just weed. I've had bad experiences. Like, like what kind? Like. Panic attacks, anxiety mm. attacks. Uh, That's the good stuff, then. You're getting good shit. Oh, God. <laughs> <clears throat> That's this podcast. Pretty much every couple of weeks, all of us going to a panic attack. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was one time, it was my birthday in Vegas, and uh, I had I was severely dehydrated, and on top of that, I took way too much of a pot cookie and uh, passed out at the Rio, like next to a like next to a slot machine, like just collapsed. Like it was like a, like a marionette just dropped the puppet strings. It that was sounds just, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest thing is that, like, fir- like first of all, it's Vegas, <laughs> so people walk by, they see a midget passed out in the Rio, they're like, oh, that's a new exhibit. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> now, are you getting anything out of it? Like, did you? Like when you had that experience mm-hmm. and you you know you have this panic attack after yeah. it's over, do yeah. you do you experience any anything positive? Um, I wouldn't say I like the only positivity I had was because I went to the hospital and they pumped me so full Whoa. of fluids that I felt so good afterward. I was so hydrated that that felt amazing. So they gave you an IV at yeah. the hospital. Yeah, they gave me an IV. But Why yeah, were you so dehydrated? Uh, I got a massage <clears throat> er- early in the day, and I didn't like take, and it was like the deep tissue stuff, and what? like that, like really sort of like you need to drink water after that. You, you, you need to wait a minute, and, and I that's definitely not going to get you that dehydrated. Uh, somebody rubbing on your skin. Well, <laughs> what are they doing? Ringing you out like a dishcloth? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> hey, Joe, I'm very tiny. It's like, he only holds a bottle of water. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. That doesn't make any sense, man. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know. When but they, when they tell you after a massage to drink mm-hmm. a bottle of water, mm-hmm. most of that's bullshit. Really? Yeah. What they're trying okay. to tell you is that you get your toxins toxins out of your system. I know. Drink that the, the water. Yeah, I know you that the get whole toxins. Toxin your muscles are releasing crap. toxins. Yeah. Your body's fucking processing toxins with your liver. Yeah. Right. You know what happens when you get your your muscles rubbed? It breaks up your tissue a little bit. It's it's massaging soft tissue mm-hmm. and it loosens things up and it makes you feel better. You should drink water anyway. Sure. You know, water's good for you. But yeah. <laughs> I really don't believe that you know when you get a massage, it's releasing toxins. Toxins. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just don't see how it could. Uh, how just I've someone rubbing a, your body. Yeah. Can, I've you, never heard a doctor say that. I'm there's like, toxins that. that are released when you have very strenuous exercise. Sure. Like, that's why um, those CrossFitter people, they get that rhabdomyolysis. I think that's how you say it. Rhabdo is um, it's when your, your kidneys start failing because your kidneys Shit. can't process. Yeah, your, your muscles are breaking down and, the, and your kidneys can't process all the, uh, the toxins and all the fluid. It's, yeah, it's very dangerous. And it's, it was really rare up until this CrossFit uh, sort of craze. But now when people go to the hospital and they, they find that they're having kidney failure mm-hmm. and then they have this rhabdomyolysis or how, how the fuck you say it, and they, they always ask them, are you doing CrossFit? Because CrossFit, wow. they're trying to get people to do like, you know, 50 fucking clean impresses in a row. Yeah. And, you know, and they'll have competitions with each other. You're, you're pushing your body way past like a workout limit. You're, you're pushing your pot to the point of like real failure 
Yeah. You talk to a, a guy who's done CrossFit for 10 years that doesn't have like some significant fucking injuries, like significant back injuries, significant muscle tears or something along those lines. I'm really glad you're saying this, Joe, because now I could have a legitimate reason to not do CrossFit <laughs> and not just that I'm a lazy fuck. <laughs> well, I, my good friend is Steve Maxwell, who's this okay. really world-renowned uh, strength and conditioning coach, and he's worked with a lot of high-level MMA fighters. He was mm -hmm. one of the first Americans to get his black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he's just this great guy and knows so much about um, martial arts and knows so much about strength and conditioning and health. And he fucking hates it. He thinks that what CrossFit mm. is, he says, you're doing a competition to lift weights. He's mm -hmm. like, unless you're doing like a, a power, like when you watch powerlifting, they, they do that once. Yeah. It's like a one lift thing. Yeah. Like when you're doing a bunch of them in a row, like what his take on it is that weightlifting should be to strengthen your body for sports, okay. strengthen your body for competition. Right. And when you do a competition... Of out weightlifting. of weightlifting, mm -hmm. he's like, it's kind of ridiculous. It kind of defeats the purpose of strength and conditioning in the first place. Like mm. doing strength and conditioning as a, a sport, he sees, he's like, it's kind of silly. It's like it's supposed to help sports. It's not right. supposed to be the sport. Be the sport. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The I mean, there's other people that have a, a similar criticism, and their take on it is that when you see these big compound movements, like like Olympic cleans and presses, like these are full body movements. Those are supposed to be done with low repetition, because once, you, you, well, a few times, or maybe few times. you know, maybe okay. a couple, but you're not supposed to engage those muscles like that, like over and over and over again, to the point of failure, because you're taking some big fucking risks. Right. You're putting really heavy weight over your head. You're, you know, you're throwing your back into this. Sure. You're cleaning it. And well, yeah, you've seen all the YouTube videos <laughs> of people like dropping the weight on their necks, or like, oh, yeah. or like some people lose their bowels while they're doing the weightlifting. They I've, can only be so I, lucky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen, I've seen those videos. So mm -hmm. yeah, like, I, like, to, I mean, and shocker i'm not a doctor but that that <laughs> that just doesn't seem right that it doesn't seem like your body should be doing that and then mm. the other side uh, side effect of crossfit is that uh when you meet someone the first sentence out of your mouth is i do crossfit yeah well, that's usually people who just starting to do it you know yeah. it's like anything else people who just start to do jujitsu people who just become a vegan you mm -hmm. know, people just got into yoga. They all do the same shit. It's like people get into something, it. they can't shut the fuck up about it. I've been guilty of that, too. Oh, sure. Vegan but, crossfitter. Yeah, it has to be the worst. <laughs> a vegan crossfitter? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, That'd be interesting. It's just one of those things where a lot of people are doing it, and there are benefits to it. Mm -hmm. There's benefits to any f kind of exercise. You're raising your heart rate up. You're getting your body to work. Your body's going to break down and recover. It's going to get stronger because of that process. There's a lot of benefits to it. It's just... I I'm very skeptical when I know so many people that do it and they're all fucked up. Like Eddie Ift is all fucked up. His back's a wreck. It's all and he used to totally be. Oh, I love CrossFit. I love CrossFit. Now he's like fuck CrossFit. He's oh all really? He's got a podcast for that, right? He's, he's out of it now. Like he's I, out of doing CrossFit. He has this CrossFit podcast. Oh man, it has to be the most amazing podcast in the world. <laughs> well, well for, well, for well for CrossFitters it is because it's yeah. just an hour and a half of talking about CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah, they're probably like jerking off to that. Like, yeah. what's your workout of the day? Well, today I do box jumps. <laughs> I'm lifting up a trash can with kale well, in it. You know, there's there's probably good to it. There's some good to it. It's well, like everything else. You got to know like everything what, in moderation, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, you can run an ultra marathon if you're fucking crazy, but you can only do them like once every 
every few months. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. At, at all, if at all. I, I have a friend, and his um, anything a that friend makes, of his yeah. ran an ultra marathon, and she had kidney failure that was so bad you could take your finger and push it into her arm, and it would stay, like oh. the dent would stay, oh. and then it would like slowly come back up, like she was made out of. Remember she Stretch was, Armstrong? Yeah, she remember? was like <laughs> like human memory foams. Dehydration, yeah. right, from your kidney? Because that's well, it's inflammation. She probably, she probably she was, got a damn good massage. Her then. kidneys were failing, so her body was swollen. Like wow. everything was all fucked up with fluids. It's just like it's not good. No, my friend is going through a kidney failure right now. She had she just got lupus, and oh. uh, she's getting all these infusions and stuff like that. Is kidney something that you you have two of them, right? So mm-hmm. you can get rid of one Hopefully. and live mm-hmm. an okay life with the yep. other one. Or? It's fairly okay. Yep. Yeah, but it's going to be compromised. Yeah, and there'll, there'll probably Somewhat. be a moment where you might wish you had too. <laughs> right. Is it can you well, be, I think you have to be really careful about like dehydration and drinking. Drinking, yeah. You know? Yeah. Drinking uh, and yeah, dehydration uh, go hand in hand. Our mutual friend Bean uh, from the uh, Kevin and Bean show has one, has one kidney. Does he? What ha- what happened to him? Uh, he donated his kidney to a friend of his. Oh, that's awesome. He's yeah. a sweetie. He is. I love that dude. He's a he's a big uh, Seattle proponent too. Mm-hmm. Talk to that guy. I love you moving up to Seattle. He almost ha- got me that fuck. Dude, I love it up there. <laughs> I've oh. got two friends that that are are like that. I have Bean, and then I have my podcast partner um, Adam Ray, who's like a, who who he's from Seattle. I fucking love Seattle. Yeah. I just don't love cloudy weather. That's all. <laughs> That's all I don't love about Seattle. I love the restaurants. I love the people. Sure. I think it's a smart town. It's it's less materialistic. It's less like focused on just plain looks and attention and all the bullshit that right. that you, comes with this town. <laughs> yeah, that you characterize for Hollywood. I mean, we're kind of out of that loop because we're comics and, you know, we hang around at the store and it's just like yeah. we're barely in that loop, you know. But God damn, every now and then I dip my toe into it. Like I'll go to a restaurant and I'll see paparazzi in front and people that right. are like just, just all that horse shit. It's just yeah. so stupid. Yeah. Uh, the Mind-numbing. The most annoying part about the whole L.A. scene for me is talking to someone and while I'm trying to make eye contact, they're looking around for the next person to talk to. Oh, there's certain <laughs> places. If you go to yeah. certain places, that's all anyone is doing is looking for famous people to walk in. Like, yeah, and then like they're gonna go talk. Like, okay, like okay, I'm talking to you now because you've got you know you've done a few things in your life, but the next person that walks in, that's gonna swarm. I guess I kind of get it because it's sort of like bird watching. Like, ooh, there's a blue jay. <laughs> you know, I mean, who gives a fuck if a blue jay shows up? I mean, they're kind of pretty. Cool. But if Jennifer Lopez walks in like yeah her ass is great how old is she 45 fuck dude so you're like oh there's the rare there's the rare brad williams a dwarf small funny but oh oh look over there joe rogan larger larger of the species oh this is weird so uh brad used to be friends with carlos i wonder if he's still friends and they'll still have this fucking they'll have these debates and one to ponder no man you know what i heard man i heard they had a falling out like there's certain people that are experts on like celebrity relationships and friendships oh those people are fucking disgusting those people I well she can't. broke up with him because she found out that he was text messaging in his ex <laughs> how the like, fuck do you know you don't know <laughs> you don't even know about your own life right you can't even fucking clean your car yeah jamie whoa, whoa. <laughs> fire. Well, i wasn't talking about you jamie Damn. i didn't mean you jamie but yeah the, the uh yeah <laughs> That's funny. What right after him, Jamie just went pale on us. You see, talks about it all morning. <clears throat> hey, he's a fucking, he's an enthusiast. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Like sometimes I'm mad. <laughs> I, I'm mad that like the tweets that I throw out there that get like the most retweets and favorites are like Kim Kardashian jokes. 
That's going to happen. I hate I hate the fact that that's how it is. Like sometimes I write like a tweet where I'm like, "Oh, this is a good one. This is a good joke. Did this you, is a fun one." Did you guys nothing. see that the fucking director of X-Men, he quit? Yeah. He quit Twitter because mm-hmm. of all the mean tweets that he got. Makes sense. I, and it's all from social justice warrior types. Mm-hmm. All these people that are angry, they're calling him a sexist and an ableist and transphobic. Like, all this crazy shit. This guy, no, this guy calls himself a feminist. I mean, he's like a really sweet, progressive guy. And uh-huh. he, he got attacked for the, the way he portrayed Scarlett Johansson's character in the, in the movie. It's so <laughs> fucking crazy, Jeez. dude. Yeah, like, well, it was that whole thing where... Uh, uh, what, what was it? The uh, Chris Evans and uh, they, they they got attacked because they called a fictional character they they they, they, they called slut. yeah they called Scarlett Johansson's character a slut and they're like that's that's slut shaming who <laughs> slut shaming someone that's not even Who? real <laughs> like so it, so if, if I if I call the Easter Bunny a cocksucker are you gonna come after me and be like well well that's just gay bashing oh, what God <laughs> no it. It doesn't exist. Well, there was somebody got this one guy who's like a famous social justice warrior. He's such a twat. And he was he was typing in all this shit and putting all these tweets about X-Men Ultra about it being violent and all these different things. Like, do you know what the fuck you went to see? It's X-Men. You went to see a goddamn comic book movie, you dork. You didn't go see uh, you didn't go see Anthony Hopkins in Remains of the Day. Like yeah. you're seeing a fucking X-Men movie. He was comparing it to, um, it was really hilarious, actually. He was comparing it to war and like the attitudes that we have on the military uh, invasion of other countries no. and the use of aggression. Like, no. What the fuck are you talking about, no. man? Isn't that a guy you block on Twitter, though? No, no, like, he he blocks this me. guy serious. He blocked oh, me. He blocked, you. He blocked <laughs> me. I, don't even, I won't mention his name. He's like Candyman. Oh, I won't mention his name because he's such a dork. He showed you, Joe. But uh, <laughs> he blocked me without me even mentioning his name. I don't mention any of these guys names anymore because no, i feel like a lot of these guys th- that, this is how want. this is why i know that they're attention whores because all of their posts are complaining that's yes. all they're doing is complaining you're not everything creating. is co- you're not, not only you're not creating you're not contributing you are just fucking bitching all the time yeah what a miserable cunt you have to be we live in an amazing time yeah mate you can get video on your phone you go outside you hear birds chirp you meet people you hug them right. and all you're doing is complaining about a fucking cartoon movie yeah a f- cartoonish comic book movie as if somehow or another this is the degradation of the moral fiber of our culture no. and the, the de- degrading of women and dehumanizing What was of- their message behind the Hulk smashing a Mercedes? Is that that we need to not buy foreign cars? No, it's because it looked fucking cool. Cunts. That's it. It's cunts. It's the world's filled with cunts. Someone gave me the, the best advice I ever got for being in show business is, Brad, just remember, nobody cares about you. That's not true. That advice sucks. Whoever I said love that, that advice. Shitting on you. I love that advice. No, and not <laughs> fucking with you. Your parents tell you that <laughs> every day of my life. Um, <laughs> no, like I love that advice. Not for the fact that nobody cares in terms of no one like loves you or anything like that. But a lot of these people get in their own heads, and it's very, it's very narcissistic. Where, where it's like, oh, this person tweeted this, so this offends me, or how does this mm. affect me, or this person didn't book me on this show, so he is mad at me. It's like, or there's 22 million comics in LA, and he didn't book on the show that week. 
calm uh, down. Okay, you're talking about a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're just talking about people who are just egomaniacs, right. completely obsessed with themselves. Don't be that. Yeah, yeah. Good like, advice, Jamie. Yeah. Can you make some tea, man? I got some fucking crazy phlegm going on here. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> like uh, I've got a comic <clears throat> friend of mine, and she told me she's like, I don't know, I'm really stressing over the fact that some people said something about my Twitter avatar picture, and I, and I I think it's holding me back in this business. I'm like, holding me back in this shut business. Shut up! No. Yeah. Okay, you're just talking to idiots. It's not. It's not. No one's gonna hire you, and then looks at your Twitter avatar photo and says, "Ah, I can't hire that person." There are people that do believe that, though. There's people that believe you know you have to have the perfect headshot. Yeah. You have to have this and that. I don't even have a fucking headshot. Yeah. I need to get one. You want to get them together? <laughs> no, I mean I, I kind of have a photo that I use for Twitter. That's my uh, profile picture on Twitter. That's probably mm-hmm. a, kind of a headshot. But like when people say, "Oh, we need a headshot for a club," they use t- headshots that are fucking fifteen years old. Yeah. I got to get new ones. That's yeah, you, uh, anything I've, with hair is old. Yeah, the San I, Francisco ones. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've been the clubs. We're like, and then Joe Rogan's gonna come here, and then they got you with hair. I'm like, um, with a leather jacket on from the eighties. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's fucking basically like your news radio promo pick. You're like, really, dude? You couldn't find anything else? Well, there's just so many fucking, you know, there's there's so many people out there that have ideas of like what you need to do as right. a, as a comic or an actor, right. like what you need to do, and it's because they're they're trying to figure out themselves. So part of it, they're trying to like justify their own choices mm-hmm. with you, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, I just I feel like this is holding you back, or I feel like this is holding me back, and they're trying to figure it out. So they're yeah. talking, they're just blah, blah, blah. they're just putting they're just, it out there just so hopefully they come up with the answer. Yeah, yeah, they're exercising their own anxiety, man. It's yeah. Just fucking nutty bitches. <laughs> the world's filled with nutty bitches, Brad. That's really what's going on. I would wholeheartedly agree, Joe Rogan. This poor fucking Josh Whedon guy, or Joss Whedon. Yeah. How do you say it? Whedon? Uh, W-H-E-D-O-N? How do you say that? Whedon? Who is this person? This is the guy that directed the oh. X-Men. Yeah. I read some of the tweets, and holy fuck did they go after this guy. Yeah, it, but if that happens to me all the time, and you just block it, you don't quit Twitter. Why would you quit Twitter? Why wouldn't you just block that shit? Because he's tired of assholes. Yeah. I, I think when it becomes part of your day to go through your Twitter and like, okay, block, 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 block. Like, when that becomes... When it's adding stress that you don't have to have, and Joss doesn't need Twitter. He directs movies. He makes a ton of money. Good for you. Well, I think that sometimes it's great. I love Twitter. I love communicating with people Mm -hmm. online. It's just you take a risk that you're going to run into cunts. And if you only run into... My my opinion on the, the amount of people that suck is it's a very small amount. But if right. they're a vocally active, very small amount. If you look at some of these people, like we were talking about the social justice warrior guys, that guy had fucking 15 tweets about X-Men. <laughs> and I'm not bullshitting. 15 tweets about how horrible it was, and yeah. sexist, and ableist, and all this different stupid fucking shit. If you are one person, and you have all these comments on the, the horrible nature of this one particular thing... yeah. It's like this guy runs into that, and he's, you know, he's fucking tired of it. He doesn't want to deal. And there's, uh, I mean, it's, it's strange because all these social media platforms, like, like, like you say, they're unbelievable in terms of the fact that you can communicate with anyone. You could get, because before, you didn't know how to get an access to someone that you were a fan of or that you watched on TV. You wouldn't know how to do it. Like, no. you got to go through a publicist. You got you to write a fan club. And then, you, you, like, you didn't know what to do. Now you can instantly say something to anyone, and, it, and they have the, a good possibility of seeing it. That part is unbelievable. But yeah. then you have so much else that comes with it where now because people have that voice, now they feel like people need to hear their voice constantly. 
in whatever topic that might be. Whether it be, I got offended at this personal thing. Every, everyone needs to know, I was offended mm-hmm. by that. Everyone well, needs also, to stop like, and acknowledge. They're, they're trying to get social points. Mm-hmm. So when they're complaining about something or calling something sexist or calling something homophobic or whatever they're doing, sure. sometimes they're complaining, but oftentimes what they're doing is they're trying to show you that they know that something's bad, which makes them of a high moral fiber. Yes. They're trying to show you that they're a very moral person with really strong, intelligent yeah. opinions and that these oh, assholes, these the Neanderthals that are ruining yeah. the world, you know, I, they're below yeah, that. I get that because... I say the word midget a lot, and that is apparently a horrible word. Dude, you got a fucking green light to say midget like I got a green light to say guinea, okay? (laughs) If anybody gets mad at me for calling Italians guineas, even though my last name is Rogan, I am mostly Italian, so fuck you. And if you don't think they're guineas, you need to meet my fucking relatives. I'll show you some pictures of some grown men with gold chains, okay? Like, yeah, but I get attacked all the time for for saying the word midget in my act, and it's just like... and, and. and people say, like, don't, aren't you concerned about the message that you're sending, that this word is okay? And I was like, I don't, why is it bad? I'm still trying to figure out why people don't like that word. Well, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a language police issue. There's people that try to get rid of bossy. Remember that? Oh, they tried that's... to get rid of bossy a couple years ago. Yeah. They gave it a hard push, too. And everybody right. went, fuck you. Yeah, no. That's enough. Gonna, yeah. It, it, and I, I think we need to do that on a lot of people complaining about cer- about certain words that we can't say. But I don't, that shows I don't... you. Like, why would anybody want to get rid of bossy? Is bossy really so strong? You know, what? And it was, the idea was, was that it was, it was a, sexist or something? They were saying that you, they used the word bossy to describe women, the women mm-hmm. that are powerful or women that are strong and in charge, that they're bossy and that you're demeaning them and trying to marginalize them in some sort of way. And, you know, women are like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. See, ban bossy. <laughs> when a little boy asserts himself, he's called a leader. Yet when a girl <laughs> does it, she's risked being branded bossy. Words like bossy send a message. Don't raise your hand or speak up. By middle school, girls are less interested in leading than boys. Listen, man, there's there's a lot of that that's social. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that that's learned behavior. And there's a lot of that that's biological. Yeah. And that's a fact. And that's why it exists in almost every culture. There's very few matriarchal cultures. Right. Very few cultures that are run by women. And that doesn't mean that women are less than men. That just means that you got to stop trying to make everybody even because yeah. we're not even when it comes to child rearing. We're not even nope. when it comes to breastfeeding. We're not re- even when it comes to nurturing. We're not even when it comes to emotional intelligence. Women are superior to men in a lot of ways. And, and Absolutely. And, you know, if you try to make everybody the same, you're going to have a fucking bullshit world that doesn't exist. Right. If you say, like, I think there was a story recently about a woman firefighter that got hired just because, like, they needed a woman firefighter. And it's like that you're going down a slope where it's like if I'm stuck in a burning building, like, hey, if she oh, can, if she God. can run up there. Granted, I don't weigh a lot, but so if she can come up there and throw me over her shoulder and get me out of there just as fast, fantastic, awesome. I want her there then. Yeah. But if, if you're just trying to fill a quota, if if, if you're like, well, like uh, uh, HBO Sports just did something where it was like, uh, there's not there's not enough blacks in baseball. Like, there's not enough black people in baseball. We need to get more black people in baseball. It's like, well, if the Dominicans can throw faster and hit harder, that's who I want in baseball. 
fine. Well, you, you know what, man? Why I, are you forcing it? I don't think. Well, I think there's certain issues with uh, with sports where there is some sort of segregation, where there is some sort of uh, discrimination, and I don't know that that's one of them. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're trying to keep black people out of. I bet polo. I mean, how many fucking black people are playing polo? You might want to look in a polo. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, cricket is a lot of a lot of people of color because a lot of Indians. Yeah. People in India love cricket, man. They're like some of the best cricket players in the world. That was that stupid movie where they recruited uh, cricket players to come over to America to pitch. Yeah. Remember that stupid movie? Yeah, John, uh, John really, Hamm. Yeah, it was yeah. like a love story because the na- <laughs> there's a guy and a girl and like he, you know, he he was struggling trying to get it together and yeah. the fucking girl and him fall in love and the Indian guys helped him. You know what? I'm gonna start my own campaign. There's not enough dwarves in baseball. There's not, there's not, there's not, there's not enough. How about any sport? Yeah, we're not, we're, we're not represented. Uh, there's, there's none in, there's none in the NBA. Yeah. What, 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 you know, what the fuck, Joe? What the fuck indeed? <laughs> what the fuck indeed? What's wrong with my people? Well, and then if you say, like, when transgender people get into women's sports, if you don't support that, then you're a piece of shit. Like, okay. You got, yeah, you got a lot of flack for that, didn't you? Well, it's just, uh, just the fighter thing. Just right. the one about the woman. I'm, I'm pretty much... Cool with it in almost every other way. We did talk about that woman who used to be a man who's six foot six and fifty years old is playing college basketball, which I think is ridiculous. First of all, because she she essentially has given a redo for her whole life. Like she already used up her college credits. Like you know, you can only play college sports for so long. Mm -hmm. But the 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 dig is, or the uh, loophole is, you can only play college sports as a man. Now, when you change your name and become a woman, now all of a sudden you get a whole new college sports career. What? Yes. So this man <laughs> lived as a man, played sports as a man, lived to be 50, got a sex change, which I'm fully in support of. Yeah. And this is what I want to say. This, right. This is super important. I'm not in any way saying that someone shouldn't be able to do that. But what I am oh. saying is when it comes to athletic competition... You got a 50-year-old man playing fucking college basketball against 18-year-old girls. If that's your daughter, okay, and your right. daughter, she can't perform to the best of her abilities because it's unfair. Because you yeah. have this giant fucking man, <laughs> you know, who's now a woman who's 50. Right. Who's been, had full testosterone for 47 fucking years or whatever the hell it is before yeah. she became a man. Yeah. Or became a woman. Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. you're, that's where sensitivity and progressiveness goes too far. But at Absolutely. least then, no one's getting hurt. Right. The, where, what, what where's I the, had, where's yeah. the fight game? Yeah, that's yeah. what I had a huge fucking problem with and still do, and most people do too. And by the way, a lot of fucking transgender people have an issue with that. The people sure. who don't have an issue with that or, or, or have an issue with me are the super progressive, ultra liberal, yes. social justice warrior types that who just. They don't have, they they don't don't have even, a dog in the fight. They just not even that, man. Just it's saying, like they want the opportunity to call someone a bigot. Mm-hmm. They can't wait. They just can't wait to get upset. Yeah. They're just looking for the opportunity to call someone. On a piece of shit. I was uh, like, I was because there's actually a surgery that you can have to uh, lengthen your limbs. And, yeah, I've uh, seen that. On a, oh, thing fuck, in China, dude. it's rough. Fuck, dude, it's freaky. It like, takes forever. Yeah, it, it takes forever, and, uh, and you're in pain. It's literally they put braces on your arms and legs every day. You turn a little crank, 
and that oh crank God. separates your bones mm-hmm. by a millimeter. Well, they cut your bones, right. first of all. They yeah. cut your bones, and then they put this crazy brace with these screws on it. They oh. did this guy in China yeah. who couldn't get a girlfriend, and you know, he, did, he changed his height from like... Four foot eleven to like five three, but it took yeah. years. It took years, and the and guy I'll, was in agony every day. You're breaking your arm and leg, and then the bone grows mm-hmm. and regrows o- overnight. And uh, like we were talking about the Bill Burbit um, earlier, where it's like, hey, just wait until they get good at it. Fucking wait until they get good at the limb lengthening surgery, guys. Holy shit! Because I've well, seen the people. No, there's no other alternatives, though. There's oh. no. I, mean, I don't like that. I, yeah, I would never. I would never get that. I do not need to ride a roller coaster that bad. Okay, oh. <laughs> but let me ask you this: If they could do it, like, say, mm-hmm. if they could do it, and it was a one-time thing, it took a year. Like, yeah, I had ACL reconstruction that took like six months, and mm-hmm. someone said, "Oh man, I wouldn't even get the surgery." I'm like, "But I go through the six months, and then my right. knee works again." Yeah, like if someone could do that, if they could give you a surgery, mm-hmm. and you would be in pain for like a year, but after that year, you would yeah. be. You know, five six, whatever. Yeah, whatever. That, see, that's a really interesting question. First of all, I, I, would, I would have to write a whole new act. Would you though? <laughs> well, I mean, you could write an act about how you used to be a dwarf. Yeah, exactly. You like, got a crazy operation, right? And for this, a year, this you're is why popping pain pills like Tic Tacs. <laughs> I mean, if that surgery existed and it was, I could take the pill and or, or whatever, and then just be five foot six the next day and not because now the guys that have that limb lengthening surgery, they look like you've had limb lengthening surgery. Oh, like, really? They yeah. look weird? Yeah, you have like... I see a you, photo. Yeah, you're... Well, the mechanics are all wrong. Right. Like, your shins are longer than your upper thigh. Yeah. You know, like... So it just looks... Like, you look at someone like that, and you're just like, that's... He's off, or she's off in some way. Well, know? there's a natural, yeah. like, sort of, like... When you look at a person's body, mm-hmm. there's a natural distance that most... I mean, you have people that have some extra long arms or extra wide shoulders or extra long legs. But generally speaking, it looks fairly normal. But then some folks, they get this surgery, and you're, what they're doing is they're taking your shin bone and they're stretching that bitch out. Ugh. So your <laughs> shin is like you know, yeah. an extra couple inches longer. Yeah, it's not fun. Now, did, did they do anything with time, like too, right? Did they do yeah. anything with like the snail dick and the spikes and stuff like that? You guys have? <laughs> Wait, snail dick and spikes? What, the, <laughs> what are you talking about? What man? the fuck? <laughs> oh, oh, what does no, that mean? No, it's, <laughs> is this like a, a stereotype about dwarves that, that, yeah, that, 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 that doesn't necessarily exist? Uh, do you have a normal what? sized dick? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that. Oh, all, what the fuck? All man? dwarves really? have snail dicks with spikes <laughs> on it. <laughs> Spikes? Why like spikes? So what? What? Yeah. So my cock is like a medieval weapon? Right. Well, why? Why would you say that? Like it's normal? Why does that? Does that make sense to you? It oh yeah, yeah. Snail sense. dick with spikes. You're not even qualifying. It's so lazy. <laughs> but uh, to uh, to an- to answer your question, yeah, I would probably do that. I, I I'd probably because there's health things that I'm gonna go through that I'm already going through that your average size people don't have to go through. Like what kind of things are you going through? Like uh, I've had a surgery on my legs because my legs were bowed, and so I had to have surgery on them to like straighten them up because they were unhealthily bowed. Like I looked like I was a fucking croquet wicket, and then uh, I'm I have back problems now. Like granted, everyone has back problems it seems like, but I've like, because my spine, I've got not scoliosis, but uh, what is it called? Like, 
stenosis. Uh, yeah, where it's curved on the very bottom. Oh no, because stenosis is a short, uh, like a shortening of the nerve canal. Okay, it's probably something different. Yeah, I've got something where my spine uh, curves at the bottom. There's a lot of little people that have breathing problems. I'm thankfully not one of those. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of dwarfs that have had back surgeries, like great, like neck surgeries, because and. Also, these necks are holding up these ginormous heads that we have. Yeah, I would imagine there's a mechanical difference between yeah, that. Yeah. Now, w- when you had the surgery for your legs, like what do they do? Uh, they it's called. I had what's called a dome osteotomy, where they just they carve like a dome shape into my bone, and then they just move the bone, like they just kind of, you know, wow. and then they just straighten it up. And I had to be in a wheelchair for about like eight months. But, uh, Fuck. Yeah. When did you have that done? Junior high. So right when you're trying to get cool, oh, <laughs> I was in a wheelchair. It was awesome. <laughs> wow. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, and, and I've been lucky. Like, like the fact that I've only had essentially one major dwarf-related surgery, that's pretty rare for a 31-year-old little person. Like, there's a lot of us that have more surgeries than that. So in that way, yeah, I would absolutely do the magical surgery that uh maybe it doesn't not, exist yeah, yeah it doesn't exist jamie see if you can find that that piece that they did on people in china um that that got that leg le- limb lengthening surgery because it was really disturbing this poor guy they wanted to bl- he wanted his face blurred out but he was just talking about how he's hoping that he could get a woman you know that someday a woman would talk to him and dude uh i'm Four foot four. I get laid. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but you're a comic. That's the difference, <laughs> it, man. You're it, funny. And it does you, help. It, that's that's a lot, dude. We've all seen some pretty ugly comics that have hot chicks. Absolutely. You're like, what the fuck? It's just why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> you're not ugly. You're just a slob. <laughs> There's a God. difference. Thank God. Is this it? Uh, Bone oh, stretching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is it, man. Yeah. This is the piece. Cr- crank Nat, this up. It's from Nat Geo. So if yeah. I play it, it might get us. Uh, yeah. If you play it like the volume. Yeah, just play the volume of it so we can listen to it. Height has become a critical condition for success. Wow. If you lack the proper tallness, you may be denied jobs at tallness is a word. government ministries, <laughs> or even college admission. Fucking sizists. Worse, you may be left out of the dating game. <laughs> tallness, isn't it? Height? Anyone who wants yeah. to have their bones stretched will be in for a lengthy trial. One that can carry some serious risks. Oh, there's oh, girls it getting it done. Weakened or end up and, th- and they're not even dwarfs. Ooh. To avoid excessive risk, Fudan is given a local anesthetic, which means he will be awake for the two-hour-long procedure. Oh, fuck me. No. Holes are drilled into the bone. <laughs> That's Whoa. a drill. The system of braces is screwed in place. Yikes. They may look medieval, but they are the key to stabilizing the leg nope. once the bone Goodness. has been cut. Nope. Whoa, he's doing it with a wire saw. Oh my god. Brian's surrounded by this. <laughs> this is insane. They're hammering into this guy's shin. Yeah. Meanwhile, this guy's awake. Yeah. Harnessing wow. the body's own healing power. This is definitely something you're going to look back and go, that's medieval. Over, like, yeah. 20 years from now. Uh, god. And Let me hear what he says here. How nothing is more gratifying for patients and doctors than the day the braces come off. For Wang Li, after a process that has taken one long year, that day has finally come. Whoa. This time, this it's the operation in reverse. First, the struts are removed. Then out of their the legs. They're taking them out, out of their, their face. Legs. Now the patient can walk away by herself. What? <laughs> Now I feel more natural, more normal. Oh, do you? And I feel much happier. Oh, God. 
What? I don't see that. I see her in a How much taller is she? Inches later, four inches? Ready to rejoin society, wow. Taller and more confident. But it's all four inches four in your chin, in your shins. Inches. That's it. Not a foot. Here's homeboy. Yeah. That's it. Now, when you, they say four inches, it's all four inches in your shins. Like, yeah. imagine if your shin grew that much. That right? can't, I mean, that can't be, like, your shin can't maintain the same amount of strength and, like... Well, it definitely can. I mean, it's going to be bone. So? Yeah, 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 it's all bone. Uh-huh. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is, like, the mechanics of your body are going to be different. You, especially if you do any kind of sport. It's yeah. like you're standing on stilts. Right. You know? Just a, just, just a little extra there. Yeah, why wouldn't you just get four inches put on your shoe? You know, instead, <laughs> well, instead he of... he wants it. to be naked and taller, I uh, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but, like, that's the part that... Like, that whole process, we saw a two-minute clip. Yeah. That's a year, at least, or, like, between 8 to 12, like, 8 to 14 months of doing that for four freaking inches. Well, maybe she could do it her upper leg and get eight inches. Maybe. Have freaky-ass legs. Ugh. And then I, do it on your back, stretch your fucking yeah. back. <laughs> Imagine you, you don't see your friend for, like, a couple of years. And all of a sudden, they're 6'2". Like, dude, you used to be 5'5". Five, five. What yeah, the fuck, fuck happened? happened? Surgery, dude. Man. I've been doing a lot of shit. Like, and, <laughs> and that's the thing that trips me out, too, is, like, these are advertised people that are just, like, 5'3", or whatever, that are getting the surgery. When dwarves do it, we still have the disproportionate body. So you can still tell. It's like, oh, that, like, you don't suddenly become, like, a normal-looking person. Like, you look like a dwarf that was stretched out in a fucking taffy machine. Like, it's not... Like everything now fits and looks as it should. Well, for uh, someone who is a dwarf, they would literally have to stretch out almost all of your body, right? Right. They would. It would have to be a thing where you're in just constant agony. Yeah. Arms. Oh, look at this. They, my God. They've done it on this woman. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, she's got she's got achondroplasia uh, on on the left. But then, like, look at how the thighs on the right, like. When she's had the limb lengthening, your ass and thighs are still those dwarf ass and thighs, which are fucking huge. They're massive. So that that just it looks like she has a weird thyroid problem now. Well, it's also <laughs> she's only yeah she's only lengthened her shins, right? Is that what happened there? I or think so. Did she yeah. get her, it looks like her upper legs are longer as well. Mm-hmm. Limb lengthening surgery creates controversy. Yeah. Gee. X Men creates fucking controversy. <laughs> yeah, you think? think fucking Lindley. Lindley. <laughs> okay, here yeah. it goes. Three foot ten inches tall. Uh huh. Crews associated with any challenges. Blah, blah blah. I was having hip problems, knee problems, back problems because of how bowed my legs were. That's true. And that's what you had to deal with. Yep. This is accomplished with a series of three controversial bone lengthening procedures using technology developed in Southern California. With such procedures, patients' bones in the arms and legs are surgically broken, then increased, increasingly separated over a period of months. The body generates new bone to fill the gap, thus making the bones longer. Wow. Does, does it say what her... 13 inches taller. Wow. Oh, that's, my God. It's pretty... $100,000. Four years. Whoa. Four years to do it. Wow. She became 13 inches taller. That's incredible. Uh, for, for me, that, that would go to four, from four foot four to five foot five. Dude, you'd be like almost my height. Yeah. You'd be three yeah. inches shorter than me. <laughs> With the, that's crazy. Ugh. Do it. But no, no. <laughs> you do it. Actually, yeah. I think if I was a small person, I would just stay small. I would. I think it's great. I don't have any problem with that. If your dick's the same size and everything, <laughs> it'd be. I would. I would embrace being a small person. I mean, I like. I understand the things that drive these people to do it because, and 
like for me, no, no matter what I do in this business, if I become a, a, a famous actor doing movies or whatever, stand-up specials, whatever, I'm still going to walk down the street and kids are still going to see me and go, Mommy, what's that? Mommy, what's wrong with him? What like what's up? And so that never that never stops if you're a dwarf ever. And so I I kind of get what drives people to do it. They're just so depressed and so like because they think that's going to stop and now their lives are just going to be perfect. But uh, well, you're always going to have that. I mean, there's people that are beautiful that fuck with their face. I mean, we, yeah. we don't have to name names, but we know sure. like. Beautiful women that have gotten their lips shot up with things and yeah. fucked their faces up and people are crazy, man. And and if you start fixating on anything, you yeah. start fixating on God, my shoulders should be like this. Right. I wish my shoulders were like this. Like yeah. they were they need to go upper. You know, like people are there was a video um that I was watching the other day about this guy in Brazil that almost had to have his arms removed. It's been circulating. Because he does this thing called synthol. Do you know what synthol is? Mm-mm. It's um bodybuilders use it to pretend that they have bigger muscles than they are. So what mm-hmm. they do is they inject their body with this oil. Okay. And this oil makes their muscles bulge out in this really weird, unnatural way. Yeah. It looks like they got like, 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 a, like an infection. Mm-hmm. It swells. Right. It looks like but, they bit by a spider. Yeah, look or at something. this guy. Like that. Oh, that's <laughs> fuck, Stevo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's he, what he looks like. He has two turtles in his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, and they're like not only are they turtles. Like, the, not only does he look weird and crazy, but it's totally out of proportion. Yeah, like you look at his his waist and his, his the whole thing is like, what the fuck is that? It's like you're sick. It looks right. goofy. Why would he think that even looks good? Well, why do you think women that have giant breast implants think that those things look? Yeah, they got like oh, I've got double D's, but then I think I could go bigger. Like, There's a lot of women like that, man. It's like just like anorexia, mm-hmm. just like. Certain bodybuilders, people have body dysmorphia where they, they look at their body and it becomes an issue. They just can't stop fucking with their body. Yeah. They can't stop fucking with their, their nose. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, know, I know a girl who's ruined her nose, man. Yeah. She had a beautiful nose. It was just kind of a little big, but she was pretty. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with her. And then I saw her with, like a year that. ago. And they don't see the pretty face. It they looked don't like see- a ski slope. Like Ugh. there was something like missing from the yeah. middle of her nose. It's like, fuck, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. And it, I, it, it, I, I like, um, I, I feel sorry for the people that go through it. It, mm. it, it. Like I can't imagine just nitpicking so much. That well, you probably have a level of, of body acceptance. That God, other people so. d- don't, you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. have, there's a certain amount that you just have to deal with. Yeah. That other people don't have to deal with. Right. So when you hear people complaining about like stupid shit, <laughs> oh, my yeah. ears are too little. Like right. you shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. My calves, uh, my, 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 my calves aren't big enough. Yeah. Fuck around four feet tall. <laughs> like, really? You're going to tell me? Yeah. It's like, uh, sometimes people come to me after shows and, and, and they're like, wow, Brad, what you said on stage, it's, it, it I really was touched and moved by it because you know I go through a lot of that because I'm five foot four and I'm and I'm a guy and I'm like, do you realize what I would do to be five foot four? What horrible things I would do behind a dumpster to be five <laughs> foot four? And you're out there like, oh man, I, I like like I'm starting to accept myself as five foot four because of you. Do you pay attention <laughs> to all of the uh, scientific research that's being done and genetic engineering yeah. and changing? Is there anything yeah, that's on? Un- 
Yeah, like um, they actually identified the dwarf gene. Like they've been able to identify the gene that causes dwarfism, and it, it, th- this debate has gone on as there as the technology keeps getting closer to the point where we can actually do this. But there's some debate going: is if we can remove that gene, if, if we can prevent your child from having dwarfism, should we? And a lot of dwarves are like, "No, we shouldn't do it. It's playing God. It's not." But, but and I'm I'm there going. Yeah, you should absolutely remove it. Absolutely. Why would you want your kid to go through? I mean, granted, I've been lucky. Like, like I said, I've only had like one surgery, and I made a, a a good career with the hand that I was dealt. But there's a lot of little people I know that that haven't, that don't, that and then get constantly made fun of their entire lives or hidden away by their parents. Why would you want your kid to go through that? Yeah. And as a dwarf, you know what struggles that you had growing up. Why would you why would you intentionally put those pains on your child? I don't understand that. I well, don't. It's hard to understand a lot of decisions that people make. Yeah. A lot of rationalizations that people make. Yeah. Like um like one reason that I'm able to be a comedian and sort of have this sense of humor about it is because my dad was amazing. Is amazing. Uh like when I was born, he found out that I was going to be a dwarf, so he would go to these uh, LPA Little People of America meetings, and he would find out about it. And he was like, "Oh shit, my kid's going to get made fun of a lot. Like his life is going to be weird." So his philosophy was, when I was growing up, he would make fun of me first, but he would do it in like in like a supportive way. Like he would fuck with me, but then say, "Okay, I just insulted you. Hit me back with something." Hit me back and then get because th- this is going to happen to you later. Oh, wow. So, by, so he's like training you. Yeah. So by the time I got to kindergarten, I like I remember kindergarten walking in and a, a kid just laughing at me going, ha ha, you're little. And I looked at him and went, ha ha, your mom doesn't live with your dad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> in kindergarten? In kindergarten. What the hell? And fucking like I got sent to the principal's office for like like hurting this kid's feelings. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, and like and they called my dad. They're like, we're going to call your father. I'm like, fucking do it. He trained you to be a comedian, kind of. He also. did, because now, like, when I get a heckler, it's like, do you think you're going to say anything to me that I haven't heard on the street, that I haven't heard walking down, and some kid having like saying a comment? Like, I've had, I've had parents bring their children up to me when the line is too long at the mall Santa and go, "Hey, tell this guy what what you want." Are I've you, had that happen to me. They came up. They said, "Tell this guy what you want." When yes. you were just a regular guy at the yes. mall. Yes, because they're like, "Well, wow. he well he knows Santa, so you could talk to him, and no then he'll and then he'll way. give the message to Santa." Wow. What I've did you had say to that. them? Um, the, <laughs> uh, I tell this story in my special, which hey, I'll, I'll plug it now. Um, my uh, one hour comedy special, Brad Williams Fun Size, comes out on Showtime May eighth. Yeah. Uh, so watch it, record it, and Showtime's going to replay the shit out of it. So you'll have plenty of chances to see it. Anyway. Uh, but what happened was, is this guy came up and with his kid and was like, you see, son, he's working undercover for Santa. He's going to, it's like, he's out here seeing, finding out who's naughty and nice. And he's going to go back and tell. And like, I knew in that moment where if I get pissed off now, this kid who doesn't know anything about dwarfism, his first interaction is going to be with someone angry. So, right. And that's going to be what he thinks all dwarves are, because that's going to be his first interaction. So I, I can't get pissed off. I can't get angry, because that's I'm setting the precedent. So what I did was I looked at the kid and went, "You're absolutely right. I am, I am working undercover. I'm going around seeing who's naughty and nice. But guess what? You've been you've been really good. 
what do you want more than anything in the world? And the kid's like, I want an Xbox. And I looked right at the dad. I went, guess what? You're getting an Xbox. <laughs> and, the dad, oh. and, the, and the dad's like, I don't know about this. I'm like, what else do you want? And the dad's like waving like, no, 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 no. He's like, he's like, I really want a bike. I'm like, you're getting a bike too. Look at that. You're getting one. Whoa. And I told the kid, I'm like, the only way that you don't get these things is if your parents failed to file the proper paperwork. So then he looks at dad like, did you file the proper paperwork, dad? And dad's like, oh, of course I did. You son of a bitch. Like, it was so. And then, and it, guy. And yeah, then the dad like gets mad at me. And it's like, what? You brought this on yourself, fucker. Yeah, it's not like you came to get a service somewhere. No. You know, you're I wasn't norm- dressed in the outfit. Like, all right, if I, if I come to the mall and I've got pointy shoes on and pointy ears, I can't get pissed when you say, what, tell them what you want for Christmas. I can't get mad. Well, that's fucked up. You can't even wear pointy shoes. <laughs> What if you're into like those little Alibaba shoes? The, Mex- curl with the, th- the Mexican pointy shoes. You know, what if you're into some some cool shoes, man? You're, right. You, your, your style's restricted because of your height. That seems ridiculous. Because if it's like a fucking you know Kareem Abdul Jabbar sized dude with pointy shoes, it's no like, one's wow, gonna say anything. It's a genie. Yeah. No one's gonna say that guy works for Santa. Right. That's fucked up, man. I can't work. That's uh, racist. Darn. That's that's sizist. sizist. I can't go through life. Is with sizist pointy a, shoes. Uh, expression um, that gets used? I heard. Uh, fuck. I forgot what show it was. Some TV show said it. I, oh, I think it was the League. I think the League on on FX, FX said uh, sizist, and I just heard that. I'm like, that's pretty good. I'm gonna start using that. Sizist. So, yeah, well, I a, like it. There's a million different ists. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's getting weird. <laughs> well, everyone has to find a way for them to be offended. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you have to create what uh, what uh, what applies to you. So now you can complain like the rest of us. I'm hoping this is temporary. I'm hoping this ultra complainy society, ultra whiny mm-hmm. stage we're going through is just a side effect of people learning how to use the internet. Sort of like how people didn't know how to not get crazy on in the nineties, like in the in the internet, people didn't know how All to, right. you know, like people get upset at things and they yeah, would yeah, overreact yeah. and freak out. They just didn't know how to deal with people insulting them, or right, trolls, right, right. or anything like that. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if it's because have we gotten to a point where, like, because I doubt that. Uh, in third world countries, they're having a debate of should should we say bossy? Like, <laughs> yeah. do you think those people who are trying to get food, who don't have clean water, who don't have good, who don't have vaccinations, are like, okay, I know all this shit's going on, but we've got to stop saying the word bossy. Like, we've got to focus on that. I think it's a lack of problems, and the human being is a dramatic animal, so we create this. We create these problems out of nowhere just so we feel like we're struggling against something. There's certainly a lot of that. Yeah. There's certainly a lot of people that just have it too soft. People right. Are too, it's too easy to get... Like, this. This the, the ability to tweet 15 times about X-Men shows me <laughs> that you either have no fucking friends, right. too much free time, yeah. or your your career is being a cunt online. Yeah, that's you know, all you one do. One of those things. Either you got family money or you just don't care about money and or... You, you know, you, you don't have the real problems in your life. Those same people 20 years ago, what were they, picketers? And I nope. mean, how, how did they didn't feel? exist. It's too hard. Picketing, you have to actually do something. Right. You have to, you have to <laughs> you show have to someone. Up. You, you have, have to, to have... look people in the eye. Yeah. You know, if you're standing out inside of uh, an abortion clinic or you're, you're picketing in front of a, a warehouse that's non-union, mm-hmm. like, you got to make fucking contact with people. you got to sure. interact with people. Organize. You have to be good at arts and crafts. Yeah. So you have a sign that's like halfway decent. All you have to do when you want online is just find other cunts. 
and you know you gravitate through forums or you know Twitter groups and you mm-hmm. just cunt it up together. <laughs> you know that's that's what you're getting a Hashtag lot. Cunt it up together, and Joe Rogan. <laughs> it's also it's like you create this negative ripple for no reason, really. Mm-hmm. You just no. You, you can enjoy a movie or not enjoy a movie. You right. can write a review about a movie, right. but this idea that you you know if I go see a movie that sucks that I did not like. I'll walk out of there going, well, I didn't like that movie. If I go eat at a restaurant that's shitty, I'm just going to say, well, I'm not going back to that restaurant. I'm not going to go online and start this campaign of everyone must think like me. Everyone must not go to this restaurant. Everyone's got to not see this movie. Fuck you if you like Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Hey, if you like Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, more power to you. It does not affect me. You enjoying that movie does not have any repercussions on my life. At all. Yeah. So I don't care. Like whatever movie you want to watch, you you, you you like, enjoy whatever comic. Like, like in, ter- in terms of the feud that, that you had with Ned, some people are like, you have to be either a Joe Rogan fan or a Carlos Mencia fan. You can be a fan of both. You can be a fan of no, you Larry the Cable Guy. That's and- where I draw a line. <laughs> yeah, you're talking crazy talk. Now you're talking nonsense. <laughs> but, like, you, but like, you can be a fan of Larry the Cable Guy and Bill Burr. <laughs> Yeah, but they don't, don't hate do... each other. Yeah. Oh, okay. All There's right. a difference there. <laughs> I get that. There's a difference. There. Apparently, I was saying X Men earlier. It's Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I say X Men? Was oh. I saying X Men? Oh, you're getting those. It's all the, the same shit to me. It's, it's comic comics. books. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but it's just like like people who enjoy <laughs> a certain music. Like if you like if you enjoy the band, um, like name your band that is supposedly shitty. It, 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 Kiss. Sure. I it, love Kiss. Done. I've had people get angry at me because I love Kiss. It's like, like, fuck off. You and s- the Pixies can suck it. <laughs> you're, you're such fucking... a simple band. They can't play. So oh. they have to use pyrotechnics and facial makeup to it's cover the so fact they're complex. shitty musicians. It's like, or I can listen to their music and it makes me happy. Yeah, or you're moody. Right. You're just a moody bitch and you need people to cry in their yeah. songs. Hey, guess what? Sometimes I like listening to Motorhead. Sometimes I like listening to uh, Sade. Sometimes I like listening to her. I think you have to say it different than that, though. Sade? Yeah. Smooth operator. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I like that. Sometimes I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. How about that, (laughs) you fuck? Whenever I accomplish anything halfway decent in my career, and this is absolutely true, I go into my car, I play Katy Perry's Firework, I I, I roll down the window, (laughs) and I I lip sync the shit out of that song. I don't like you as much. I go nuts with that song. Isn't it funny, though, with people, people actually do do that? They don't like people for their choices. Like, oh, you fucking listen to that? Like, there was a guy that had a fucking bit about that way back in Boston. Oh, it was Barry Crimmins. Barry Crimmins, a hilarious comedian who um, Bobcat Goldthwait has a documentary that he did about him. Because apparently Barry was, like, molested when he was younger. He's got a documentary called Call Me Lucky, or They Call Me Lucky. It's supposed to be, like, really dark and really good. You know, Bobcat is awesome. Great filmmaker. But um, anyway, um, he had a bit about... Going to the record store and the mm-hmm. clerk at the record store, be like, oh, you listening to yeah. this? Like, Those guys. fuck you, man. It brings me joy. Yeah, that th- that doesn't affect you in any way whatsoever. Yeah, get out of here. That's it. There it's he Barry Crimmins, and I don't know what what are they doing with their pose there. That's I don't a know. Pose. It, lo- yeah, I don't know. Look, it looks like they're trying to look like dwarves. Bob it looks Cat like they're trying to look like gorillas. <laughs> gorillas are standing up in their back legs. <laughs> yeah, Barry Crimmins was like. Back when I was starting out, um, I was an open micer. He was already an established comedian. He was like one of the. Did uh, you start in Boston too? Yeah, yeah. He was one of the like the main guard 
of mm-hmm. like the established uh, comedians in Boston, like the established headliners, like really, really respected guy, very yeah. original, political, very political, just very, just very wise guy. Had some really good things to say. He's really good to follow on Twitter too. Awesome. His Twitter is filled with uh, very good points, and also he, he he'll tweet some great articles and stuff and different things. But uh, Bobcat also started out in Boston, so Bob. Mm-hmm. He uh, he did this documentary on Barry, and I th- I don't think it comes out for a couple months, but I think right now they're touring and doing the, um, you know the uh, festival thing mm-hmm. and trying to get it up there. Fantastic, man! Yeah, I I will put that fucking thing down and contribute. <laughs> Just be a part of the show, will you? Gonna periscope fuck. a little. Oh, gonna periscope. Never mind. Uh, I'm now. Do you like consume all like movies or whatever that's stand up related? Like, can you watch like the new? Kevin Pollock one. What's the new Kevin Pollock one? Something about people being miserable uh, or something. Misery loves comedy. Loves misery or something like that. I didn't see that. Yeah, like I, I've got that queued up, ready to go when I get home. So it's like I like I love all those types of movies. I like some of them, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, we're around comedy all the time. Yeah, I don't need someone to tell me what comedy is, and I don't need someone. I just like the idea that do, do comedians have to be miserable? Let's explore this. Like. So I have friends that aren't miserable. Right. They're comedians. I don't have to explore that. No. I, I mean, yeah, because you because you know, or it's yeah. like, or it's like you could just sit back and enjoy their art and say, like, okay, yeah. Like, do you ha- do you have to go into the mental state of a uh, Jackson Pollock, or can you just sit back and be like, wow, those are some cool paintings? Yeah, well, I like them. Well, I mean, I don't think there's a problem with exploring whether or not comedians are miserable. It's just I don't want to do it. I don't right. need to do it. Yeah, I don't like that idea either that you could just lump everybody together. Like, are all musicians dickheads? No. Right, right, right. Some musicians are dickheads. Sure. What was that thing you sent me the other day? Stone Temple Pilots guy? Oh, was, my God. Scott Whelan was play either that. wasted on something yeah. or but he... That was sad to watch. He, oh. He's not in the band anymore, right? They kicked him they out. They kicked him out. Yeah. Now the lead they singer of uh, Lincoln Park is touring with and them. Wasn't Chester. that the same banjo that you saw at a private party, yeah. like a UFC party? Or well, this Dana is party? Dana White's birthday party. It's 40th mm-hmm. birthday, I think it was. And God damn it, dude. They fucking nailed it. They did that show at a private party. There was only a few hundred people there. And yep. they did that show as if it was a packed arena. I love that. I mean, he did the whole... That. He had his the bullhorn. You know, he does like some of his songs. He sings some of it like to change the sound of his voice. He yeah. sings into... Uh, a bullhorn. He, it was uh, Scott Scott Weiland. Yeah, yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. STP. Dude. Let me hear this. Is this at the party? Oh, I can no. tell you right now. That guy he can't even balance correctly. Yeah. That dude he's is on something. He's on some hair all, as he's, Joe Diaz would say. <laughs> Look at he's him dancing. In, yeah, he's moving in slow motion. Yeah. I bet he's having a good time, though. Sure. Yeah, oh my god, he's tripping. Let me hear this. It's one. It's one note. He's just yeah. Oh, uh, he's he's heroined out of his, his mind. Eyes. Yeah, dead eyes. Uh, hey. What I saw was the total opposite of this. <laughs> you saw like jumping around. He was and moving, crushing and, like, it. Yeah. I mean, he was crushing it. I was really, really. You know, I have no musical talent at all, so I love watching musicians sure. because you watch musicians, you can kind of get this inspiration from them that's totally unrelated to what you do. Mm-hmm. Like I was really impressed with him as a performer. 
just yeah. as just as an artist. I was yeah. like, this guy's fucking bringing it. He's so showing cool up to, to some, yeah, he's showing up to some private party. They probably got a fucking assload of money. Yeah. But apparently, he was a nightmare to deal with backstage. They were threatening to walk <laughs> if the show didn't start right now. Like there was all this craziness to it. Like he wasn't chill about the experience at all. But yeah. But what? But you know, maybe he's amped up to get up there because once he got up there, he was fucking smashing it. That's, it was that's so. Great. It was so tight and smooth, and like everything he was doing was just like energetic and focused. And yeah. I was super, super, super impressed. It, it, it's cool when you can see someone who's really in their element. You're like, oh yeah, you were absolutely put on this planet to be a rock star. Like this is what you do, and you're fantastic. Well, at I it. would never say that, but I would say he's nailing it. I mean, yeah. he's whatever it is that takes to be a rock star. That guy is in that groove. He's in that headspace. He's worked really hard. He's done mm-hmm. all the preparation necessary, and he's producing it at a very, very high level. That that's that's one thing I definitely would say. I don't think anybody's born to be a rock star or born to be a poet or any of that. There's a lot of silliness when it comes to that kind of shit. I think some people's personalities, because of whatever reason, are better suited for certain activities. But that makes sense. I don't think that anybody's born to do anything. You know, they just they they just kind of discover where they kind of where their talent or where their personality can sort of fit the best, and then they just yeah accelerate. I mean, find what you enjoy and do yeah. it. I mean, like for you. Like, you know, you're in college, mm-hmm. Mencia brings you on stage, you, you, you say funny shit, mm-hmm. and then you realize, I could be funny. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, the next thing you know, I mean, what was that process like? Did you get home and start writing? Did you start yeah. watching comedy? Like, what did you I do? I consumed everything. Like, like, right, that one moment, yeah. that one blip. Uh, just because I got a laugh, and it was, it was a sold out, it was a sold out improv, and I was just like, wow, this is in... I mean, you know the 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 drug of stand up of being mm. on stage and saying something and then having a whole room of strangers just laugh and it was, and that and for me, I've always used laughter as like kind of a defense mechanism because when I when when I meet people, I try to immediately make a dwarf joke just so they're comfortable, just so they like go like oh okay he's cool with it, mm. and then I can kind of, and now and now we can be friends like now we can move on past that. Uh, so that's he, like something you learned. Yeah. Over the years. Yeah. You think that has to do with the way your dad sort of like. Talk? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because and, you know, because then if I don't talk about it, then people are like on pins and needles because they don't know if they're going to offend me or if they're going to like say something that's going to set me off. You know, so they're so if I make that quick joke, then they're like, oh, oh OK, you're fine. I'm I don't have to worry about it. Uh, so yeah, as soon as I went on stage the first time, I went home and I just started writing like crazy and just started writing all the stories that I've told at parties for years, just of experiences and and things like that. And just started watching a ton of comedy. Someone, uh, showed me the Jerry Seinfeld documentary, uh, comedian. And I was like, I was in man. That's a sneaky documentary. You know why? Because (laughs) he put Orny Adams in that movie to make himself look good. (laughs) I know he did. I know he put Orny like Orny like he they they focused on like look Mm -hmm. they come to you and they say look you're going to be in a documentary about comedy with Jerry Seinfeld. You're like fuck yeah I'm in. You're in. You're a struggling comic and they they narrow in on this neurotic guy who's mm-hmm. a mess and he's freaking out he's trying to get and they just he's got no experience being on camera and you just fucking shove this camera in his yeah. face and in contrast it makes Jerry Seinfeld look very very sure, likable because he's polished and yeah. he's done this for years and now he's trying to do the new act yeah. and like and, but then at the same time like and as comics we know this now like yeah Jerry Seinfeld was trying to write new material but 
and when he's going on stage like he's done this a thousand times so that scene where he's essentially trying to think of a word or bombing as some people would say he's very comfortable in that scenario because he knows what to do and he's very analytical because he's done it a million times Mm. it's not orny to where when he goes on he's you know he's neurotic and he's learning all this stuff. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I saw that movie. I thought I I thought I knew Orny Adams, and then I actually met the guy. I'm like, oh, you're fucking cool. He's just a normal dude. I like you. But you know they edit it. They focus sure. on all the most ridiculous shit that the sure. guy does. Get sure. that camera in his face. You have Barry Katz breaking you down on camera, <laughs> which is preposterous. The whole thing is ridiculous. Mean, like I saw that. I'm like, they set this dude up. Like they they used him in this fucking documentary, but. You know, if you're really going to show a guy creating new material, mm-hmm. or a guy, you got to kind of do a guy who's not loved already. Right. You know? Who can't walk on stage and get a standing ovation before you've said one word. So that's where Orny comes in. Right. So it's, I think they kind of, it helps to have a guy like that mm-hmm. where you're following another guy. But on the way up, yeah. But why did they choose Orny, you know? Yeah. Choose a guy who's not going to overshadow him, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> it's interesting like you know they didn't do like a Kevin Hart type character some big powerful right. you know energetic performer who just crushes and like well hell they had, had all this. they had the one scene at uh, Caroline's where I don't know who the comic was it might have been Angel Salzar but check it out yeah 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 check it out check it out where like he was doing his costume changes on stage at yeah I think it was Caroline's and then you see Jerry in the back like well, how am I going to follow this? Like, how, how am I going to go on after this? Just be funny. Yeah, just walk on stage and say, hi, I'm Jerry Seinfeld, and tell a yeah. couple jokes. Boom, you're following it. Just tell jokes that are actually good. You'll yeah. be fine. Don't yeah. worry about it, dude. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I just I just consumed all things comedy. I never saw that I Am Comic either. It was just, that was the documentary that everybody always quotes because that's the one where, I mean, he admits to stealing material and he does that, that interview where he's talking about, you know, yeah, I steal, of course I steal. You know, if I'm on stage, you better run, bitch. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people thought it was sarc- funny. Yeah, a lot of people thought it was sarcas- Listen, sarcasm. I think all, he was doing it to be sarcastic. You can't do that if you are actually are a thief. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that if you actually are a plagiarist? I mean, that's, that's preposterous. But that's, how, that's all I know about that documentary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure people tweeted you that clip like that's crazy. A, is that a touchy subject with you? You talk about your friend? Yeah, kind of, because it's like, yeah, he's my friend, you know, and, and and we're still friends, and so we still text every now and then. Hell, uh, so, some of your fans will probably, like, when that thing was at its peak, uh, there was a moment where some of your fans will probably hate me for this, but he called me up um, and was like, I'm quitting. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing stand-up anymore. I'm not, I'm out. I'm just, this is too much. I can't. And I, like, I was on the phone with him for, like, three hours. And like talk him into like back into doing it. Oh, damn. Mm. Yeah, no. See, yeah. See, this is when all your fans are <laughs> Listen, like, "Listen, man, on, there's Brad! nothing wrong with him doing stand up." Because mm-hmm, you know that's not. There was never the issue. Like, yeah. What the issue always was was he was victimizing other comedians. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you might not known it because you weren't around. I I was around the scene. Like I you know, like this isn't a mystery and. And this, and the sad part is, is because because I was with him on the road, I would see things happen during the day, and then him go on stage that night, do twenty minutes on what happened during the day, and have it be brilliant stuff. I'll be the first one to say he's a great comic when he's like being mm-hmm. a comedian. You know he, what the problem is? Mm-hmm. People get addicted to killing, and they want to kill all the time. And when they don't have something to say, they'll take somebody else's shit. 
And that's mm-hmm. the reality of it. It's a lack of artistic integrity. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. It doesn't mean you're not talented. It's yeah. like we were talking about before. There's grays. Yeah. There's not everybody's good or everybody's bad or, mm-hmm. you know, everybody on this side is good, everybody on that side is bad. It's not that. It's some people are really talented, but they're all, they also have questionable ethics. And that's, mm-hmm. that's reality. And because what is most important to them is adulation and love. It's filling up that hole. Whatever mm-hmm. that hole that was created, we all have a hole. Every comic has a hole that was created by their childhood. <laughs> some more than others. Sure. You know? some, some in a different way than others. Everybody's, everybody's varies. Mm-hmm. And some people, that the need to kill is way more important than the need to be original and the need to be creative. And when they don't have anything to say... When they mm-hmm. don't, they can't, they can't find something, they'll just steal. And once they steal, they steal all the time. And once they, that becomes what they do, mm-hmm. then, and they do it to their friends, they do it to people they don't know, they do it to open micers, they sit in the back room and they write things down. And he's not the only one that's ever done this. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that was ever called out for it and got busted for it. Publicly. And publicly. Yeah. Cause, you know. And these things still happen today where, you know, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. someone comes up to sure. someone and says, hey, that yeah. joke. Blah, blah, blah. Look, there's, it's still an issue. Like, artistic sure. integrity is always going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. There's, for sure, there's parallel thinking. For Absolutely. sure, there's, there's going to be people that come up with similar jokes. Like, there's always something that happens in the news. Like, Kanye West uh, go, interrupting, you know, yeah. Taylor Swift. There's so, going to be a bunch of people that have a joke and about especially that. Especially with Twitter, you'll see it. Because mm-hmm. I, I, remember oh, yeah. when, um, I remember when Bruce Jenner uh, got into that car accident and, and, the, and the woman died. Mm-hmm. One of the first tweets I saw was Neil Brennan saying, great, now every comic's going to say that... Uh, Bruce Jenner's really becoming a woman because he can't drive. And that right. like that was his tweet. And then sure enough, within minutes, you saw comedians tweet that joke. Like sure. it just filled up the line because that's the most obvious punchline there. Right. So like you, you have all these eyes looking to one topic. Yeah, that's what they're gonna come up with. It was pretty fucked up that they did they even bring that up in the two hours that No, he was like being oh interviewed? by the you way, you killed you, someone, you yeah. killed someone. by not paying attention. Right. And recently I mean, it was, Yeah, and it was told I mean anybody else in that similar situation, like that would be the main focal point. Oh, by the way, you fucking weren't paying attention while you were driving a yeah. giant truck with a fucking boat behind it. Right. Which you're and not you supposed smashed, to have. smashed. What do you mean? I think on the PCH, that somebody said that you're not supposed to have trailers or, or something on that street because of that reason of stopping mm. fast. Let's Google that. Find out yeah. if that's true. But I don't know if that's true, but I mean, that could be yeah, true. You could have done a Diane Sawyer interview on the fact that you fucking killed someone you a month ago. Have. I mean, they yeah. t- over. A month ago. Yeah. yeah. Glossed over it like it was, that's not important. What's important is, are you a woman? <laughs> the, are you a woman who kills people? Not the fact that you are ended you a, a life. Yeah. And, and by negligence, by yeah. pure negligence, it, while you're smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And I, I think I heard, um, I, heard, uh, I heard Corolla talk about this, and I, th- I thought it was really interesting. I mean, the fact that, like, I, I think the car he hit, and then she veered off into oncoming traffic, mm-hmm. and, then, and then the car that hit her was like a Homer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that part sucks because you're like, well, if, if you get hit by a Yaris, Prius. yeah, you're yeah. good. What's a you're, Yaris? A Yaris is uh, I don't know. It's a little little tiny car. <laughs> it's it's not that. Yeah, I don't know, it's a well, small it doesn't car. matter. Yeah. yeah, but like, yeah, you get hit by any sort of regular. You don't have to pull up a Yaris. Yeah, yeah it's fine. It's a car. Well, they taped the interview before the car accident. It says. Oh, oh well, well, that makes sense. There you go. There you go. Uh, so okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, there it is. I mean, that makes sense. You can't have like an asterisk. Like, how did they tape it so long ago? Yeah, and then not, and then just sit on it. Yeah. 
That's well, interesting. But yeah, yeah it, who gives it, a fuck, really? Yeah, but it was the whole thing of where, like, out of all the cars on the road that hit you head on, it had to be a Hummer. Yeah, and that's not good. No, it's just negligence like that is just so infuriating, and to have it. You know, from a person that's in the public eye, people get really angry about it. But in this set, in this case, it seems to be like fading. Like no one really seems to give a shit about it, that's, other than the people right. that directly knew. And they're like, there's people that are trying to sue, but they're mm-hmm. the stepdaughters, and apparently they didn't even have a relationship with the woman, and yeah. they're suing. And now so. they're like, oh, but you took away their, my chance to rekindle that relationship, so oh. you, I deserve a million dollars. That is kind of <laughs> true, sort of. I mean, I guess. who the fuck is to say that? You I know, was going to call her tomorrow. <laughs> if there's anybody that deserves like money from like a, a lawsuit, it's not the people suing Manny Pacquiao for five million bucks because he had a hurt <laughs> shoulder. It's the people who, well, hey, Bruce Jenner killed my mom. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Probably right. get some money. Yeah. He's, get, it's not like he's broke. Yeah. Let's get. Yeah, let's give you some money for that. It's uh, and you almost just never hear about that anymore. You don't hear about the fact that he... It's you don't all, hear it, about it at all. No, it's just, just him becoming fade, a woman now. It just fades away. fades away into oblivion. It's interesting how the public decides to fixate on certain things and not fixate on other things. Sure. Like, like I was thinking about that when it came to this uh, police violence case. Mm-hmm. You know, the public will decide... Which like, one? <laughs> the Freddie Gray one <laughs> right. is one that sticks. But yeah. this South Carolina one where the cop shot the guy in the back on video just running away. The guy was running away. Yeah. It wasn't a guy who died in the back of a van. Mm-hmm. It was a guy who's running away and the cop shoots him. Like, right. that one didn't stick. I, I am shocked. Well, yeah. Well, it's like, uh, it was It's kind of like a few years ago and all these, and a bunch of comics made jokes about it, but it was like when every, when it was like missing kid time, it was like, mm-hmm. we're this Every story is going to be a new missing kid, right. and everyone made the joke that it was all like good-looking white women, yeah, it and, is. and not there's white so, girls. Yeah, yeah. there's so many other missing kids, and now it's kind of like that, but with police brutality, mm-hmm. and then like it, it, it's almost like the news just sits down one day and says, "What are we going to focus on this week? Like, 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 what's going to happen?" Did you see Nightcrawler? Yes, <sighs> that's a I perfect love that movie. Perfect movie if yeah. you want to understand like this whole like. If it bleeds, it leads. Sty- yeah, that yeah. style of news. Mm-hmm. Well, and it also gives you really in, real insight into what what a news show is. It's an entertainment, it's an entertainment program. Show. They're trying they're, to get ratings, same way not, everyone else is. They're not trying to enlighten you. They're not trying no. to educate you. They're just trying to somehow or another get you to pay attention. Yeah, that's why I like uh, the the speech in the TV show The Newsroom uh, it was near the beginning of the first season uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Daniels plays the news broadcaster and he talks about what the news was designed to be and how there were people that when the news was first conceived they they said no ads no sponsors government funded or I mean uh, then you go into a whole other part where they can't talk about government people but yeah it's like it, it, no sponsors to where they have to get ratings just right. this is the news it's going to be put on by taxpayer money. You pay a little extra, get you get the news. So now it's not people with the uh, the news tickers at, at the bottom trying to sensationalize everything. What did Hillary Clinton really mean when she mm-hmm. said bah, 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 Republicans and Democrats and they're fighting and like so the newscasters don't have that to go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought that was a, a great little monologue that made. That made me kind of think, like, yeah, why do we, like, why does the news have to be ratings? Because, and it's, it's like you said, it's an entertainment show. At, That's all it is. At the, at the end of the day. They're, try, they're trying to get eyes. They're, try, they're trying to get sponsors. They're trying to get, they're trying to get ratings. So, yeah, you're going to lead with, 
you know, the sensationalized murders and the the a. That's how you get people to pay attention. It's the only way. Right. It's also like what we were talking about earlier. It's like when you you run into like most people that you communicate with online. Like my my interactions with people on Twitter and on uh, Instagram or Facebook are almost universally positive. There's mm-hmm. very few negative people that mm-hmm. I run into, and most of it is because I'm nice. And I don't cause too much bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I say controversial shit. Sure. I just I run into enough nice people. But there's a certain percentage that are just cunts. <laughs> and it's just a numbers game. <laughs> well, when, you, when you're dealing with the news, yeah. if you're trying to put on an hour show, mm-hmm. you're dealing with the events of 7 billion people. Right. And the Nepal earthquake and the typhoon that hits the Philippines right. and the this and the that and the that and the this and the murder and the right. death and the cop and the shot and the boy and the gun <laughs> and the baby and the window and yeah. you can just fill that hour up with these events Anything. because the sheer numbers yeah. if you just looked out if you opened up your window and you looked out your apartment and you saw 7 billion people, you'd be like, well, <laughs> of course some shit's right. going down. Yeah. There's too many people. Yeah. And so, the, so it's going to happen. The events that you're dealing with, if you're dealing with even like one one hundredth of one percent of chaos and violence. Sure. That's pretty good when you consider you know, what the world must have been like. You know, five, six thousand years ago, when <laughs> people would just fucking show up and cut your village in half with right. swords. And then just say, all right, we own it now. Yeah. Flaming arrows that go flying through the air. Oh, great. Right. We're doing this again. You know, <laughs> that was the news. I mean, that was what the news was back then. Yeah. The news was you open up your window and people were trying to kill you. Yeah. Here, uh, here's who your king is now. All yeah. right. Great. So if you try to, like, pack a, a seven billion person like a, a report on the events of 7 billion people. How the fuck are you going to do that in an hour? You're not. Right. You can't. And you're not getting an hour, by the way. You get 44 minutes. Right. Of, yeah, well, the commercials. 18 are, minutes of fucking commercials and, or 16 and, minutes of commercials. And they're like, the news is biased. And you're like, well, yeah, for that reason. Because yeah. they have to look at all events and say, which ones do we want to focus on? Well, they, their job is not to educate you. No. Their job is to get you to pay attention. That's it. And we have mm. this idea that somehow or another they're like our educators. No. Like this is the news. And, you know, when you hear them talking in that strange way, the no. newscasters talk. Tom Brokaw voice. Yeah. It's the, my favorite is when they uncomfortably try to comment on things in between <laughs> stories. Well, that's upsetting. <laughs> it certainly is. Next story. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. The, uh, l- the local news broadcast, like after the last story and that... 20 seconds at the end of the broadcast where they have to like be funny or just oh. in- interact. <laughs> Did you see that one where the uh, woman was talking to a black guy? There was a woman who was a white uh, newscaster and she had a black guy with her okay. and they were talking about Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga did a performance mm-hmm. and she starts calling it Jigaboo mu- music. And to she, a black guy? She doesn't know what Jigaboo is apparently. <laughs> have you seen this? Listen to this. Of course, it's Fox News. Listen to this. Wow. Watch this. Oh my God. 
How about the black eye just not sitting there going, yep, yep, taking yep. it, not <laughs> I'm a robot. her right there. I have a mortgage. Has I'm there, a robot. Has there been anything like that, though, that you've said that you didn't know? Like, I, I didn't know it was racist to say, hey, boy, to a black guy. Like, I, I remember <laughs> saying it. I moved to L.A., and I remember the first year I was out huh, there. Well, you never say, hey, boy, to a white guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like, what's up, boy? To Like, I remember said that to my friend, and my friend goes, what, the, what? Wait, what you just said? I was like, boy, guy, hey, man. And he goes, do you know what? You shouldn't say boy to a black guy. And then he explained it to me. I was like, I've never heard this before in my life. Well, now we're going through that with uh, Tranny. Like, you can't. Like, yeah, like, like, Tranny's can't out. That. You can still say cabby, though, for cab drivers, so cling to that. Cabby. <laughs> <laughs> they, won't, they won't even exist in another few years yeah. after Uber yeah. oh, so dominates guys, like, the market. Did I tell you I took Uber a driver. cab the other day? I did not know how much more expensive it was and how bitter they have. Like, the second I got in there, that's all they talked about was how horrible Uber was. Did you oh, bring sure. up Uber? No, I had not. I didn't say it. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, my phone's dead, so I couldn't, uh, you know, call Use you. Use Uber. No, I, I so I, couldn't, I could, so I couldn't call because I was had to flag it down a taxi, right. mm -hmm. and uh, and I was like, I, my phone's dead. I couldn't call, uh, and he goes, "Oh, that's right, need this Uber." And he the whole time, the whole ride home, he was just bitching about Uber. Well, sure, because mm. they had a monopoly in the market, and someone figured out how to do it better. And Again, it was twenty dollars more. You ran into a cunt. Yeah. yeah. And it was twenty dollars more. Like it, it cost <laughs> for the same ride. Yeah, for the exact same ride I've taken a million times with Uber, twenty dollars yeah. more. Yeah. How do the how do they get paid? They get a check from Uber. Is that how that works? Yeah, I think it's twice a month. It's direct deposited into their. Do they do any background checks on the people that are involved? They're supposed to, uh, and now with all the latest news and stuff, it's gotten more intense. But uh, it's right. still it's still easy. I mean, I know a ton of people who are comics that are Uber drivers. Yep. I was like, what? You're an Uber driver? Yeah. Hilarious! Yeah. Like you're a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, David <laughs> Seaman was uh, uh, David <laughs> Seaman. He, he does some fucking Uber driving in his spare time. Well, that's just to pick up chicks, I think. No, remember when Dead Mouse was doing it? He was yeah. Uber driving up well, in Toronto yeah, with his yeah. fucking and, and then they, Ferrari. And yeah. then they had his logo, like, yeah. you know how they had the car logo? Mm -hmm. Like, it was the Dead Mouse mask. Yeah. Sweet. That was on that, that was on the map. I'm like, that's that must be been cool. cool as fuck. Right? You get picked imagine? up by Dead Mouse and dri driven around in a Ferrari. Could, what if you have luggage, though? Like, bitch, <laughs> you don't even have a trunk, you fuck. <laughs> but yeah, like, you could you imagine just being on the side of the street be like, alright, call this Uber, and then like, Gene Simmons pulls up and goes, Rogan, you're a very rich and powerful man. And then you, you like, have to get back there. super lucky right? like, to get someone who's not totally retarded in your car, though. Yeah. Well, now, like, uh, uh, there's a thing, like, um, Hillary, like, Hillary Duff is getting a lot of press because she's on Tinder. Yeah. And she's, like, filming it and stuff and, like, cute, like... Is she trying to do a reality show? I, I, yes. I have no idea. Is that what sure. it is? Yeah, Jamie knows. He's just nodding his head over there. <laughs> is that what she's doing? <laughs> what, uh, let's go to our Us Weekly like Report nine. with Jamie. <laughs> what, Jamie? Say that again, please. I read she did a few dates, and they filmed a couple things, and they went on... Well, she probably filmed it just so nobody kills her. Right. Yeah, no shit. You know? Some psycho shows up, and it's Hillary Duff. Speaking of psychos, I watched Going Clear last night. Oh, oh. No. oh, you hadn't seen that before? Oh my god! Well, I read part of the book. Yeah, and yeah, I'd yeah. Seen like some clips from the documentary. Yeah. But oh my god, I watched it last night. That is incredible. Yeah. You know, Scientology is down to only fifty thousand members. That's what they were saying. Wow. Yeah. And with hmm. that, they still have a whatever. billion dollars. Yeah. They have over a billion dollars in cash. I mean, there was a in equity. There, there was like two sponsored tweets today that I saw, like by Scientology. By Scientology. Really? And they and the what's their Twitter handle? I, I think it's just at Scientology or at mm -hmm. Church of Scientology or 
at uh, We Will Control You, you small, <laughs> weak-minded imp, something, something like that. Uh, yeah, and uh, they yeah, had, Scientology. Yeah, how many people do they have? Let's take a guess. Twenty-eight thousand. Damn, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I, I am one followers of Scientology. Yeah, sweet. Twenty-eight thousand. But like, look what their top photo is. Like their top photo of the Church of Scientology Ooh. is a lobby of a of a hotel or building that looks like a palace. Yeah. Like that's what their logo is. Well, that's the church. That's yeah. where they party. That's yeah. where they uh, give praise to Xenu. <laughs> yeah. Meet Heike, a mother and Scientologist. Oh, wow. Good. So did. I guess they're like on a publicity run to you try to got to be the same way uh, SeaWorld now is how it has those commercials. Yeah, we love our whales. Look at this. Because of Scientology, Mayuku treats her young son as an individual. As a result, he's a happier child. What? What the As opposed fuck? to what? You treat him like he's a fucking right. puzzle piece? <laughs> what, what does that mean? Well, yeah, what parent isn't doing that and it's because they're not a Scientologist? This is weird, Calm man. the fuck This is down. weird. Joe, did you see the, the, the SeaWorld, uh, like how that new commercial that they've been... Uh, playing and like we haven't captured a orca in the wild for 20 years or yeah, something like they that just force them to breed in captivity as slaves yeah there, there are oh, some falsities we're, fa- we're going not on. that mean we're just cunts <laughs> this is really wild man they're trying to go for the diversity angle the scientology uh twitter page the scientology mm-hmm. mission of katmandu serves as the base camp for scientology nepal disaster response hashtag nepal quake we're helping. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll help by completely obliterating psychiatry oh. in the in the Nepal region, and then all the people will be better. It's just amazing when you see the actual films of L. Ron Hubbard talking. Yes, you know that was yes. what it was amazing. And Paul Haggis, the director, like who who like got to like some super high level. You get the handwritten notes from L. Ron Hubbard. He was like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah, did you see it? Have you seen the no, documentary? I, oh, I dude, did. It's you awesome. have to." Cause you you have to. It's a whole new level. It's bro. that good. Yeah. It's that good. I, I I got it last night on HBO Go. You ever use HBO Go? I, I just got it last night to watch the new Nirvana uh, movies on there now. Yeah, yeah. Go band thing. Yeah. Um. I was gonna watch that too, but I said let me watch this. I t- really it was late at night, and I was like I'm just gonna watch this for like 10, 15 minutes. Nope. And I was glued <laughs> to that motherfucker for right. two whole hours. Yeah. I watch it. It's it's sad too, man. Some of the people's bad experiences with their children and with their family. <sighs> Kids being taken away and being forced to work on top of a roof of a building. Fuck, dude. It was. How about the mother whose daughter won't talk to her anymore? Mm-hmm. The whole family grew up Scientologists, and it's it's really hard to watch. And then the guy who started taping the people that were out mm-hmm. in front of his house, like the Scientologists out in front of his house, to do a smear campaign against them. I think it's really important whenever you're talking about something like this to look at both sides of it. And sure. this does not look at both sides of it. This is only one side of it. I had a neighbor that was a Scientologist. Actually, I don't think he is anymore and i don't live near him anymore but he was a scientologist he was the nicest fucking guy mm-hmm. and he was telling me how much it helped him and how much it, it got his life in order mm-hmm. so I, I don't think it's all negative no. i think there's there's some horror fucking stories well sure it's the same thing like uh like some of the nicest people i've ever known in my life were mormons yeah Mormons are great. Mormons. Mm-hmm. If Fantastic. I had to pick a religion, I would. Re- I really would pick Mormonism. Yeah, I really would. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're all family oriented. They all like have yeah. like tight knit, or they try to have tight knit families. They're right. really like supportive. Their their church functions are pretty pretty. Fu- and they'll and they all kind of band together to help each other. I mean, granted, then you have uh, the instances where 
polygamous and girls are being married off at age 12 and like those are some weird sex though mormonism they don't really have those right though you know that's all you know that's mitt romney do you know the whole deal with mitt romney oh no Oh, this Fire is away. great. Oh, this is going to be great because my dad's like a hardcore Republican. So Mitt so Romney's so dad yeah. um, couldn't be president because he was born in Mexico. Okay. The reason why he was born in Mexico was because Mitt Romney's family is from an extreme sect of, of Mormonism that mm-hmm. left the country when polygamy became illegal. So really? they left the country in the 1800s back when there was no cars. When there was no cars, Mexico was just as cool as America. It was probably even cooler. <laughs> so like, let's just go over there. Yeah. Like, Fuck it. We're on horses. What right, fucking difference does it make? It's just land have and land. Yeah, you have a horse over here or you have a horse over there. Done. Have a horse over here, you can have 15 wives. You know, Done. lock them up in a dungeon, you have a party. You know, have a, <laughs> over here, you have to have one wife, and they tell you what to fuck them. Yeah, you have to pay taxes? Get the fuck out of here. Let's go, let, let's go have 15. So Mitt Romney and his family, um, they came from this one sect, and this they're heavily armed, and they fight off the fucking, ta- or not the Taliban, the drug cartels down there. Like, they get kidnapped and shit. It's wow. like extreme shit. Like the whole the whole scene is like really dangerous. These guys wow. are like they have rifles everywhere they're going. They're they're always worried that the drug cartels are going to storm the gates. It's it's really interesting. I believe Vice did a piece on it. Was it a Vice piece? See if you find it. Vice is pretty damn yeah, cool. Yeah, they I think they did a piece on. I think that's where I got all the uh, the original information from. Then I just kept looking into it. Right. But Mitt Romney's dad like always wanted to be president, but couldn't yeah. because he wasn't born, born in America. In this country, right. Yeah. Like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz born in Canada. That fuck. Wait, but he's running for president. He's uh, both American and Canadian citizen because his mother was American, but he was born in Canada. So, like, some sort of thing where... I say if you're born in a plane, shouldn't you be allowed to be president <laughs> anywhere? <laughs> the Mexican-Mormon War. Yeah, that's it. Vice. Full length. Fuck, dude. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're at war, apparently, with the uh, drug cartels down there. They get kidnapped and all kinds of crazy... Five-part thing. Seven-part thing. Jesus. Jesus. Full, you can watch Seven. the full-length thing I mean, the, on Vice.com. I mean, the Warring Mormons sounds like a great band name. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Warring Mormons are playing Coachella next year. The awesome. Mormon war <laughs> I want eight wives <laughs> I live in Mexico yeah. it's, like, it's like the Mormon guar well I think it, they were fine everything was cool until the drug war came mm. and when the drug war came I think they got they got fucked because mm-hmm. they're like oh well now this place that we had sort of decided to live in right. is super dangerous yeah so now we gotta go back yeah I don't know man I don't know what happened I don't know when when Mitt and his family decided to come back to good old U.S. of A. Having two wives sounds good. You know, just have one on each side of the house. You know, one week you spend one with one. On paper, dude. In theory. <laughs> on in paper. theory. It's like communism in theory is awesome. Yeah. Because everyone just does their own thing. And then all the things are split amongst everyone. And like, hey, you're a doctor. And hey, you're a mechanic. But we're going to take care of everyone. And but, but, but. It sounds great. Mm. And then you get human beings into it where it's like okay now the doctor who went to 12 years of med school has to be like well i'm being paid the same as the mechanic what the fuck well you know what also too man like whenever someone has any control over people at all people don't like to be controlled at all Mm -hmm. and you you know you get one grown adult that has any control over another grown adult and people resist and it gets ugly yeah telling people what they can and can't do with their existence on Mm -hmm. this planet right 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 
They don't want to hear yeah, that you, shit. You, you will be a mechanic. You will yeah. be a carpenter. You will be a tailor. That's why Cuba doesn't work. You right. know? That's why communism doesn't work in that no. way. No, like that style of right. dictator communism, dictator-driven communism, where they, they decide what you're going to do, what your occupation is going to be, how much you can make. and mm-hmm. Just socialism in general. Like The idea behind it is beautiful. We all contribute. Sure. We all become a part of this well, community. I mean, and, in a way, your small family union, your small family unit is a communistic state because you're all like helping each other out yeah. and, and you're all doing your jobs. And a you, wife you and a share. husband together, that's yeah. very communist, right? You're Absolutely. Piling all your money together. and Sure. And then, but no it, one's telling the wife, like, you know, right. listen, bitch, you got to do this. <laughs> well, this hopefully is the rules. not. Yeah. Yeah. This is the Ideally. husband. This is his rule. But I guess you are kind of. I wonder if there's going to be any way that you can test for what you'd be best at, though. Like the that website, 23andMe, it goes through your DNA and it tells you, like, if you have the warrior gene, if you have, like, all these certain genes, uh, if your kids are going to be bald. But I wonder if there's ever going to be a thing where they go, you're going to be really good at math stuff. You're going to be really good at Yeah, but arts. even if you are really good at it, like, say, like, if something comes along and says you're going to be really good at math, yeah. but you really want to be a musician. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is to tell you that you can't be a musician, you uh, know? Dr. Ken, perfect example. Dr. Ken, Ken Jong, yeah. yeah, Ken Jong was a was a doctor. <laughs> like, he, yeah, like really recently and good at yeah, it. Apparently, yeah, he's a really and, good doctor. And he's like, you know, uh, doing this acting thing and doing comedy, and I like that better. I'm making a good living at it. I'm gonna do that instead. And he's funny, and, you know? and, and he's great at that. He's yeah. phenomenal at that. I just think there's a lot of people that like to do a lot of things. Like, look, what if someone told me that I could either be a cage fighting commentator or a comedian? I couldn't be both, right? Or have a podcast. You know, right. you know, either you do a podcast or, you know, you do something else. That's it. One or the other. I'd be like, well, how come? Or I can just do it all. Or you know, can, like, I got do time. Whatever the fuck you want to do, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the, the beautiful thing. One of the most beautiful things about life is people deciding what they want to focus their energy on. And then you see the fruits of their labor. Like someone who does murals. Like, yeah. they could just decide. I want to do really fucking cool murals. Or mm-hmm. someone who makes music. Or someone who writes books. Like, you could just decide. Yeah. And when you got someone telling you what you can and can't do, that just becomes all fucked up, man. Well, yeah, it's the, it's, it's the reverse psychology thing. Where, yeah. you, where you, almost go, you almost go against it, like, even, even if it makes sense. Yeah. Just because you're like, I don't like you telling me to do that. Oh, yeah, man. People, yeah. people just, it's not a natural aspect of, for some people, it's natural. Mm-hmm. For some, some people enjoy being told what to do. Yeah. Some people they need that they, guidance in their life. They they like it. And right. then there's also some people that like being ordered around. There's like dominant and submissive people. Mm-hmm. There's people that enjoy that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. That yeah, makes you it's happy. Like it's fine. Freedom, man. Freedom to be submissive is just as much of a freedom as the freedom to be free. Yeah. You know, freedom to be an artist. Freedom to be a doctor. Fucking let people figure out what their thing is. Mm-hmm. Even from families, man. I mean, how many fucking people? Like, I know a dude, and his family disowned him. No, no, I'm sorry. His family disowned his sister because his sister didn't marry a doctor. He's, his The dad put the girl through a nursing school mm-hmm. with the hopes that the girl would marry a doctor. Not only and so she, she could up, be a nurse, just so she can marry So she can marry field? a doctor. Like, dad's a total piece of shit. Wow. And the dad disowned her and, uh, because she married some fucking mechanic or something like that. She fell in love <laughs> with some regular dude. This yeah. is, the world is just filled with stories like that. Of, yeah. For a while, uh, my parents told me that I could only marry a dwarf because any tall woman would only want me for either a sick fetish or 
for fame or for money or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they, they've, they, they've since changed their tune. But uh, did you bring up Peter Dinklage? He's got a regular size gal. Yeah, yes, he does. Them. No, uh, no, they. Like they, you said that with an eyebrow raise. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah I like the tall women. I like them. Why not, man? If they like you, all right. Why not? And that and like, I have shelves in my house. I would love to get used. Yeah, get up there, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of using ladders. <laughs> exactly. I would love to put things up Go there. Go get the fancy plates. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, we're eating off the fine china. <laughs> yeah, you see those baked beans at the top shelf? Go, go grab them. <laughs> that grab like, them, Missy. Yeah, that, like, that's, like, that's dwarf porn. Dwarf porn is just watching people reach shit. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and you're just sitting there like, oh, God, I want to do that one day. That's so hot. <laughs> Do you worry, like, as a stand-up, that there's going to be a certain amount of, like, dwarf jokes the way you'll, you'll hit, like, a wall? Yeah, I do. I mean, but the thing is... is like, is that, this your first special? Yes, this is my first hour special. I've had... I have two albums out, and, uh, and then this is the third special. Or, or the third hour that's being put out there. And what are the albums out uh, called, and where uh, can people get them if they want to get them? Yeah, uh, on iTunes, they're called Brad Williams Coming Up Short, and then the second album is called Hi-Ho, and uh, yeah, and they're available on iTunes, they're available on my website, bradwilliamscomedy.com. If you order them from my website, I'll sign them and send them to you. Oh, uh, shit. Look at that. It's worth about five cents more. Woo! All right. Uh, so yeah, and and but the thing is, is that, like, my jokes are always going to have a little person perspective, because I don't know how to write any other way they're not necessarily going to be dwarf jokes like hey i can like right. this, like this, isn't this weird i wear this size shirt or whatever the fuck it, like it's not going to be i always use this example that a guy told me to say on stage he's like i wrote a joke for you i was like what's that he goes you go on stage and say you can take a bath in a thimble it's gonna be hilarious oh, <laughs> and i was like all right thanks oh. good <laughs> so oh. so that so that's like my example of like the of like the cheesy dwarf joke um but no matter what i do no matter what i experience it's always going to be through that perspective simply because i don't know what it's like if it's that different to experience things through the through the eyes of a five foot eight guy i don't know i'm not familiar with it i don't know i don't know if it's different it might be exactly the same do you think that you'll ever get to a point where it just doesn't even get addressed like say if you become a yeah. famous comic and you're you yeah. know 20 years in and you're you know doing specials right. on a regular basis like every 2 3 years everybody right. knows who you are everybody knows what you do I would I would I would imagine cuz it cuz right now it's at a point where when I go on stage I have to talk about it cuz the entire audience is like yo what's this what's what's up with this I got I I gotta know because people aren't that familiar with little people. Right. It, it, it it's an experience that a lot of people aren't necessarily, and th and there's a lot of nuances to it that some people just aren't like quite aware of. So and they have a lot of questions. So I go on stage and I address those questions. Uh, but I don't want you to think that my entire act is just like dwarf joke, dwarf joke, dwarf joke. Right. No, like I go into you would run out, right? Yeah. I mean, there's you just have only to. there's only so many things that 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 you can cover. Right now. Uh, in the new hour that I'm, try that I'm trying to get together, a lot of the jokes are just like, this is what my life is. Like, these are the stories that happen to me that are weird as fuck that you wouldn't, that your advertised person wouldn't even consider and you don't think about. And it's not 
necessarily like, ah, if I fall off a curb, that's a long way, man. You know, it's not like that. It, it's just like when a dude got, like when, an, and, I, and I won't do the joke, but like a guy, I got into a car accident with a guy and he got out and, and when he saw me, he didn't give a fuck about the car accident. He was just like, whoa, all right. Let's talk about this. And he just started asking me questions. Wow. Like is, that a norm, is that a normal thing for you? Does that happen? Yeah. Like, people have... Is that uncomfortable? Did, you, did it annoy um, you? The fact that he wasn't angry about the fact that I fucked up his car. I was like, whatever. Oh, so you hit him. Oh, it was totally my fault. I was texting oh. while driving like a oh, fucking dude. idiot. Never do that, people. My fault. Um, so, yeah, I wrecked his car. <laughs> like, he, he didn't care. He's like, dude, this is awesome. Like, he just started talking to me about being a little person. I'm like, like whatever, whatever distracts you, bro. It's well, fine. You're an elf who just showed up. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> how bizarre. Do you have phone books taped to your pedals and stuff like that? I or? have uh, pedal extenders. So pedal it's, extenders. So it's kind of close. So it's like me metal rods that you put on and you attach, and then you put that have a pedal on top of it. Well, Brian, don't you remember that dude who drove us around? Oh, Bra oh yeah, in Texas. Yeah, the guy had no arm. He had no arms and yeah. no legs. He had no. nubs. Yeah, no for shit. Arms, he, and he drove us around. We we got hand, in the car and hand controls. We or made what? a video of yeah, it. Yeah, we have video. Joe Show Ten, I believe. Is that is. available? Can you people I think find it's that on YouTube? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See if you can find that, Jamie. We'll end with that. But yeah, he's he drives around with his el elbows, and he was like spinning. Yeah. You know the, the steering wheel and necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, this it was a trip. He was a really good out. dude. And he was drunk, I think. Or <laughs> I don't know if he was drunk. I didn't breathalyze him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah, he's got the nubs. Uh, I forgot about him. That was... That's uh, his good rear naked uh, defense. Yeah, he just slips out of it. Yeah, and uh, this guy drives around. He drives us around in his van. Wow. Yeah, there's a part where right after here where he actually shows him driving, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then his other friend... What was up with his other friend again? Oh, his other friend was paralyzed. He was in a wheelchair, and he was heckling, and he wouldn't stop heckling, so I taught a girl who's in the front row with him how to uh -huh. choke him unconscious. <laughs> so she choked the dude out cold. Oh, this is in uh, Cap City. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cap City Comic Club in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. I, re I, re I recorded my first album there. That place is awesome, man. Love that club. Show this part. Yeah. This, is, this is a good part. <laughs> so is this the guy with no arms who's heckling? Yeah, no, no. this is his so, friend. Oh, okay. in. I had him shut up the only way I could think of. I talked his friend into choking him unconscious. There was a girl that was with him, and had nice I tits. explained to her how she could get him in a rear naked choke. <laughs> Tom from my place. <laughs> it's my yeah. space edition. <laughs> then did she choke him out? Well... Yeah, she eventually did. I, I coaxed her through it. Yeah. Forgot all about this. <laughs> These people are so drunk and so wow. stupid. <laughs> Do you right or left? <laughs> Squeeze that motherfucker. That's Tate. Tate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, you know you have to be ruining a show when the audience is encouraging <laughs> to lose consciousness. A woman who just showed her tits to choke a man who's in a wheelchair unconscious. She put him out. 
It was hilarious. <laughs> You're lucky that dude didn't die. Like, no, didn't sue the shit out no, of you. No, 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 no. <laughs> now, look at this. It says... <laughs> yeah, how's a valet gonna wow. utilize that equipment? Oh, valets fucking hate me. It was fun, man. <laughs> Wait, and yeah, would you valet your car? No, like I like I pull up and I just go, dude, let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine, right? Like they probably would have to have their knees up way high. Yeah, yeah, be- yeah. Because and like I've got my car, I've got my seat at the perfect spot where I can see the mirror, the steering wheel's good, I can reach everything, it's good. And then the valet gets in and they just fuck it up. So I so I just tell them, hey, I'll pay the valet fee, just let me park it. I'll come out, like, just do that. Are there certain cars you can use and certain cars you can't use? Like, certain cars you can't adjust properly? Yeah, like the car I have right now, I've got a Lexus CT, which is a little hatchback hybrid, and uh, I didn't have to do too much to it. I got pedal extenders on that that were very small and then the seat moves up a lot but also their steering wheel extends out uh, so i my arms are good because my arms are small but uh yes yeah, so i was able to grab the steering wheel i can drive that thing with not too much modification the only thing i had to do was i, I also had to pop the airbag because i'm really close to the steering wheel so if that so if, if, if that airbag goes off it takes your head off. Yeah, I'm gone. Wow. You ever seen people's faces when they get hit with yeah. that airbag? That airbag fucking looks like give you some black eyes, yeah, son. It, it looks like they got hit with a waffle iron. They got like those lines <laughs> on their face. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I got to tell this to you uh, based on watching that video. Uh, thank you because you treated that guy and his friend like an equal. You, you're just like, no, you're in the front row, you're, your buddy's heckling, I don't care that you got no arms. Well, Fuck there was you. 300 other people in the show that he was right. ruining it for. When, right. It's a, but people they have to deal with, and you and we could all agree on this. Yeah. When you're doing a show and yeah. someone is heckling, you, it's not just you. this person's fucking it up for you. They're fucking yeah. up for, for the whole room. Everybody. That's why everybody gets angry at them. Yeah. It's like, people don't understand that. Like, there's this thing, like, you're trying to put on a show, yep. and when someone jumps in like that, like, that person needs to be stopped at all costs. Yeah. I, like, when I get a heckler, it's why, I like, some people say when a comic will go on stage and they get a heckler, and then they get they're like, oh, but he, th- this woman was heckling him, and then he said that she should go get raped by a thousand dicks. It's like, he's not thinking, or she's not thinking what's politically correct at that moment. Your only thought is, shut the fuck up. Yeah, get be this as mean as possible, as hilarious, up. and also reflect the attitude of the room. Right. Because the room, they're fucking angry. Like, yes. if you, it, they want to say something like that, but they can't. Right. You know, so, so you're the voice of that. Yeah, they're 15, 20 rows back, and if you say, I hope you get raped by a thousand dicks, like, yeah. yes! <laughs> they, they don't really think that. It's, right, uh, that, no. But that's, when you violate the agreement, the agreement is, I you talk, come to a show. Yeah, that's it. That's the agreement. You come, you're an audience member. You're yeah. not a part of the show, and no. you're interrupting bits that are planned out in advance. Mm-hmm. You're interrupting time, and you're making it all about you. You're a selfish fan. Fuck. Right, and I hate that excuse of "Well, you should be a professional." It's mm. part of that your is, job. That is part of the job. Yeah, that part I shut job. you the fuck up. Yeah, that is in, part of the job. Possible. But the idea that you should be a professional, meaning that like this is like that you should just deal with it, and yeah. you shouldn't say anything mean. But, to yeah, these but without saying anything controversial. Fuck you. No. You don't even know what this job is. You don't. You have no idea. Like people it. think that just because they paid money to come see you, they can sort of dictate how you do it. Well, yeah, it's the same way with uh, same way with the movies. I paid money to see this X Men movie. It must be to my liking. Yeah, Cyclops is wearing the wrong outfit. Cunts, <laughs> cunts. 
Cunts. Avengers, right? Avengers, yeah. not X-Men. I got to remember. <laughs> All right. Brad Williams. Funny Brad uh, on Twitter. Yeah. And your special is May 8th. May 8th. Brad Williams Fun Size. Which is really soon. Uh, yeah. That's that. like this week. Oh, okay. a great cover. This what's, what's today? This Friday. Yeah. Today is the 6th. Mm-hmm. Oh, two days away. Yeah. Uh, Showtime. Brad Williams. Uh, and then the other ones are available on iTunes. Just do a Brad Williams uh, search or go to Brad Williams Comedy. Yep. Com. And the uh, the podcast that I do with Ad- uh, Adam Ray is called About Last Night. Uh, Mr. Redman is a guest on a uh, very future episode. We've had Melissa McCarthy. We've had Bob Saget. Like, we've got a lot of cool people on there. Hopefully in the future, Joe Rogan. Uh, mm. and, we'll uh, talk. Yeah. And uh, listen. And, uh, and I'm really glad I finally got to do this because, like I said, year- years ago, I hated you <laughs> having, ne- having never met you. And now, and now I made it. Never hated you, dude. So there you go. <laughs> I'm glad we got together too. It was fun. Thanks, All right. buddy. Brad Williams, ladies and gentlemen. See you fucker soon. Bye bye. All right, my friends. That's it for the podcast. Holla. Uh, Stand up dates that I have coming up. Um, the big ones. Uh, May 22nd, I am at the Ka Theater at the MGM Grand with none other than Tony motherfucking Hinchcliffe. And Tom motherfucking Segura. June 5th and 6th and 7th, I'm at the Irvine Improv in lovely Irvine, California. Holla! Um, And then the other big one is July. July 24th, I am at the Chicago Theater in Chicago, Illinois. God damn, son, that's going to be fun. All right, um, that's it for stand-up comedy dates, and thanks to my sponsors. Thanks to NatureBox. Go to naturebox.com forward slash Rogan to start your free trial today. Free snacks, goddammit. They're fucking awesome snacks. You will enjoy them. Thanks to LegalZoom. Go to LegalZoom.com. Save some money by using the referral code Rogan at checkout. Thank you to Onnit.com. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word Rogan. Save 10% off any and all supplements. And last but not least, thank you to 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, this is available only, this offer only through tomorrow, Thursday, May 7th. If you go to 1-800-Flowers.com, you can get 24 beautiful multicolored roses for just $29.99. But again, this offer is only good until Thursday, May 7th, but you can still get them if you get them before Mother's Day. Uh, There's still um, other great offers for Mother's Day from 1-800-Flowers.com. Just use the code word J-R-E. Click on the radio microphone in the upper right-hand corner, enter in J-R-E, or call 1-800-Flowers and mention J-R-E. All right, my friends. Thank you so much, and um, uh, I can't say enough nice things to you fucking people. I appreciate the hell out of you. And uh, I will be back on Friday with John Ronson. Um, he is the, the author of the book, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, a very interesting and brilliant man. We should have a wonderful conversation, and I can't wait to do so. So until then, you fucks, much love. Bye-bye, and big kiss. Mm-hmm.